our portable thing here I've never used before. So you two, keep talking. Okay, fine. Yeah. So <laughs> gobble, gobble, cluck, cluck. You know, Zach sucks. Yeah, I was just going to say, he you know this guy, like Zach? Yeah. Acts like a 17-year-old a lot of times. You guys are not that funny. Stop talking. <laughs> I thought it was really funny, but I, never mind. <clears throat> All right. So what, what's going on? We're recording. Are we? Re- well, are we welcome serious? to Off the Husk. We're here. We're welcome good. aboard, guys. We're are recording? We yeah. Oh, oh no! Nice. Well, you don't have to like stop everything you're doing and act uh, like this is important. I forgot to I forgot to call my lawyer on the voice. <laughs> <laughs> you have a lawyer? <laughs> this well, is the first time we've ever recorded a podcast live from the John Deere from booth. a far. Oh, at, oh wait, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the new Holland. He did a good job of holding game face. I thought he actually messed up. As we stare at a zero seven four, it's backwards. I can't read it. Yeah. Oh, an old 74. Yeah, an old 74. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, I mean, it makes sense, obviously. ESAC. They're good tractors. Yes. <laughs> no one knows what we're talking about because no, they can't see what yeah, we're it's a real. Yeah. So we're actually, yeah, we're on site at the Tulare World Egg Expo in California, and we don't know what we're doing. And by we, I mostly mean Zach, but I'm, I tried getting Nick to help me. And I'm, he I'm really glad didn't you didn't include me into that because I just felt really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I pressed a couple buttons. It didn't get anywhere. We pushed buttons. I can see the levels moving. I can see that it's recording. But the awkward part is we can't hear each other in our headphones. And how many times have you used this system? Well, I've been looking at it now for the last, like, 20 minutes. Oh, okay. All right. I've owned it for a couple of years. I feel really confident right now in our in our discussion. Your confidence means a lot to me, It Scott. does. I Well, I'm glad I could make, be assistance for you. Ten minutes ago, we unwrapped the bubble wrap and tape from all the mics <laughs> and all the equipment. So Now it's official. <laughs> We're well rehearsed in it. So... If I get home and text you guys and let you know that there is no podcast, don't be that surprised. Okay. I mean, I might be a little crushed and hurt and might cry a little bit tonight. I might unfriend you for a little bit. I won't tell you then. Okay, yeah, it's yeah, better not. Just, ah, it was boring. Randy <laughs> decided not to post it. <laughs> uh, we should mention that we're on top of the Case IH booth, though. Case IH How do we kick yes. those people out of here? They all kind of left when we came up. Yeah. I don't know if it's the smell that we brought with us. We actually just walked upstairs to their, what do you call it, their break room? Lair. Lair? Lair. Lair. <laughs> their <laughs> secret <laughs> above ground lair. Yeah. And, and kicked all the workers out of here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and started recording a podcast. We let them know that we are here now. You must leave yes. the nice area. In a very polite way, right? Yeah. Yes. Obviously. Do Obviously, it respectfully. And we've got a Keurig, chips, drinks. We do. We have we have shade, nice breeze coming through. Cheez-Its. What more can you ask for? It is pretty cool up here, actually. This is. You can hear an old tractor over there firing off. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yep. Good for podcast audio quality. Right. Just every once in a while. Poof. Yep. So we're in the middle right now of our, our road trip. Zach and Randy do America with Trevor. With Trevor. You got to put it in parentheses. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Trevor, could you wave for the camera, please? Yeah. yeah can you? There. Hi, hi, camera. No, look Look at the camera. Look at, Trevor, no, the camera. <laughs> Trevor is not on mic because we don't have five mics. So whenever you feel you need to say something funny, let I'm all right with that. Okay, yeah, he's good at that. <laughs> Carmelo, we're just gonna throw Trevor in here completely randomly, and that probably won't matter to you because we're not fussy about our editing. Right. So Randy and Trevor and I all flew into San Diego a few days ago, and we're working our way up through the uh, Central Valley of California. Now Trevor's trying to figure out how to work my camera. There, he's got it. He's pretty good at it. Yeah, he's pretty. He got he got that figured out way quicker than we figured this out. <laughs> <laughs> like years ahead of us. Hey, guys are top notch. I'm like grain farmers. They're pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So when when did you guys get in? By the way, should we say who we we're talking? We should probably to? say who you guys are. Should we let them say who they are? I think probably could. All right, I'm kind of shy right now, so Nick can probably. Yeah. 
right. So, anyways, I'm Nick from Welker Farms. Nick Welker from Welker Farms, also known as Hollywood. And I'm Leg Arms, also known as Leg Scott Arms. From, or Scott Welker. <laughs> <laughs> I just had, dude, today we just had Randy like, hey, uh, yeah, what, what, what is your name, by the way? I brain farted. I knew it was Scott. I know it's Scott. But for a second there, I went, oh, crap, what's his real name? <laughs> it's okay. Leg. It's yeah. Scott. Come yes. on. <laughs> Only good friends say Leg Arms, but that's right. okay. Yeah, well, I looked at the hat you signed for me earlier, and it said leg arms. Yeah, so. that's, that's it's easier than saying Scott well, Welker when you add it all together. When you, but. I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> we were definitely not easier. We were at the show uh, meeting some fans, signing some hats, and then these guys just showed up wanted some hats, and then Zach's just like, hey. Uh, we had to get in line. Yeah, we did. We had to stand in line, yeah. but we, we did get a couple free hats. Yeah, a couple free hats. And then you're like, can we commandeer the Case IH like, booth to do a podcast in? It uh-huh. seemed like the best place to do it. Yeah. It seemed the sense. most appropriate. So yeah. we are officially in their tent, kicked them all out, and now we have the whole lot to ourselves. Well, almost. It seems like, yeah, thank you to Case for letting us do this. It's a good spot. Yeah. It's pretty cool. We got the image of the, the machinery around us. Mm-hmm. Feels kind of nice and cozy, doesn't it? It's very cozy. Yeah. Quaint, maybe? Quaint. Huh. Quaint. At least it's not moist. <laughs> <laughs> So have you guys had a chance There's to that. get around? <laughs> so we have not done much outside of the showgrounds. We're in a hotel about 20 minutes away. It's different here. There's trees, lots of them. And this is different than Shelby, Montana? Yeah. And all these trees look the same. Like they're all the same. Like you looked out a row and you're like, you know, trees should be different. They're all the same. Every one of them. Same height. It's like someone trims them. And they're straight in a row. <laughs> they feel like they're organized yeah. too. Did someone plant those? Did you notice some of the grass is even green? Yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> California. <laughs> it's, they obviously paint their grass. Yeah. <laughs> it, no, but yeah, the show is pretty big. It's pretty good. Pretty big show. So, so far, I think the coolest things we've come across is right next door to where you guys are, the Oxbow equipment. Yep. Uh, that's pretty cool. All the different vegetable. Well, those are for vegetables. grapes. Well, the last one's for, for green beans, string beans. For green? Oh, really? really? I yeah, thought those two were That's for... the far one is. Oh, really? I, I thought it was both grapes. That one, you switch the head for sweet corn or whatever you're doing. Wow. The first one here was... It was a... Stra- uh, not strawberry. Like a berry harvester. Berry. Berry harvest. It's got like sticks in it that swing around. You set the, like, the vibration pressure on it. Wow. And then the ones that aren't ripe won't fall once it's calibrated. You mean they, they actually vibrate when they're moving through? Yeah. yeah. So you really? watch it. They shake the if trees. If you're getting too many young ones, you slow it down. And if you're leaving too many ripe ones, you speed it back up. And then they do all the sorting on top of it. That's why it's got the big deck up on top. So they all come up and, and sort. But that's hand sorting, right? Or is it actually, does it sort? Some of each. I think there's somebody wow. up there also, but, but a lot of it's automated. So you're going to take one back with you? No, maybe a sweet corn one. We have sweet corn not far from us. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, we could. I mean, it's only like, what, quarter million dollars probably? <laughs> can we fit that in the carry-on? Mm, we'd not. have to leave the podcasting stuff behind. You have a Ford Explorer, yeah. don't you? We do have an Explorer. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. not quite a Ford Ranger. But Trevor's but... in the back of it, so it's... Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then from there, the other coolest thing is over that way, which we're on, we're audio, so no one can see me, but I'm pointing that way. <laughs> oh, I yeah, that it. direction. I see, I see it. There's uh, robots picking apples, or, or it's apples that's doing now, but it'll pick any kind of fruit. Well, they look like drones, but they're dragging electric cords. They're hooked to cords, so they actually call them robots. I they guess fly they fly like drones. Yeah, drones. But they cool. fly, they go up, and then they read what the fruit is, if it's ripe. And they put vacuum to it and suck it off the tree. What? And then it, it goes over and drops it in whatever bin it belongs in. Oh. So then they also sort it by size. And, so it's sorting it, too. That's nuts. And then drops it and comes back. Oh, that's and, incredible. And nobody has to be there to monitor them. You can let them all go in the orchards. That's and it's fully automated. 
So I'd say those are my top two for the show so far. That's neat. Trevor's talking right now. Bring me the short one. Is it, do you need the mic? Do you need the mic? I, I just want a robot to watch my kids for me. That'd be nice. That would oh. be nice. It just pick the kid up. Take when they're ripe. Yeah, you, you pick the kid yeah. when they're ripe, right? You should get a hold of George Jensen. Yeah. <laughs> Meet George Jensen. <laughs> I do have a Rosie in my house. That's the robot. A Rosie the robot? Is it a Roomba vacuum? Yeah, Does it well, sweep? She's not a robot. She's four and oh. <laughs> dresses as princesses occasionally, but her name is Rose. Oh, I, I thought it was your sweeper that, <laughs> that has a bobblehead of Zach Rides on. I do have that, too. <laughs> that is so funny. I standing there and it turns around. <laughs> I should put it out there again. That was, that was, that that was really funny. I put googly eyes on it, but they would never move. I thought they'd like bounce around and stuff, but no, they kind of need to be vertical, not horizontal. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll put Trevor's face on next time. <laughs> so what else is up with you guys? Oh, gosh. I mean, it's just been messing around in the shop, working on so stuff like we usually you're do. You're building a cleaner? Yeah, we're trying to, we're trying to make a uh, pea cleaner for our, our peas because we do a lot of yellow peas. Can, will you also be able to do wheat and stuff with it? You could probably do some, but we, it probably won't do as thoroughly as clean. It'll kind of be But a, uh, it's basically a big scalp machine, and then you got a big air screen that you blow through and so you're sort basically a bit, building so. like a clipper. Yeah, well, I guess the, you could say that. And it's yeah. like a fanny mill. It's got screens that'll shake plus air yeah, blowing. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing. Similar, but yeah. we are we do enough yellow peas that it would make sense for us to have more of a cleaner for peas. And it's for seed, too. Yeah. Seed purposes. I was going to say, yep. so you're cleaning it for oh. your own seed. For seed, yep. You're not cleaning it before you take it to market. Because we can, we could, but it wouldn't be, you know, it's, it might be 400 bushels an hour capacity is what we're looking at, which would take a long time for quite a bit of that. But no, it's, yeah, it's for our own seed because we can regrow our own seed. For, for a lot of the pulse crops, so that's kind of the idea of it. Sure. I mean, we've done we've done other kind of, like, canola, and it's cleaned a little bit of that. Yeah, it would do it's, crops. It'll do other crops, too, depending on what kind of screens you get okay. and so forth. But 400 hours is a pretty good pace for, for, for seed. 400 bushels an hour? Yeah, for, yeah. It's not bad, no, honestly. But with peas, it takes a lot of seed, a yeah. lot of seed. Like, you're looking at, they actually first told us 160 pounds an acre of seed to grow, like, a 25-bushel pea crop. And so we've got almost three times the rate of seed from our wheat rate. So it just takes oh. a lot of volume of seed. Well, to have that clean, they charge you know, a buck, sometimes up to a buck 50, some yeah. places up high as $2 per bushel to clean it. Well, if you've got 6,000 bushels to clean, you're in it 10 grand. And the thing yeah. is, we don't actually have to worry about buying seed because we can use our own seed. Right. We'll have to upgrade, uh, upgrade the varieties every once in a while. Sure. Yeah. But the thing is, there. If we can grow in our our own seed, why pay somebody to clean it when you're just basically dumping that money out? So in like three years, we could have our cleaner paid for. And then other people could rent it nearby that want to clean theirs as well. So that's kind of what we're thinking about doing. Sure. And it's on a trailer. Yeah. Yeah, I found a trailer pretty cheap, and then we mounted this cleaner on it. And we just kind of... What was just to mount that screen, the shaker on it, you know, well, let's just mount it on, turn it into, let's do this, let's do that. It'd be really cool to have an auger here that's mounted on there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so we kind of started amplifying it a little bit, so it's taken it a little bit It hasn't officially ran. We've, we've lightly put in some buckets of peas kind of here and there, yeah. and just this side chest stuff. You said 160 pounds an acre, did I get that right? Yeah, we're, we're cutting the rate down to probably 130 these days. So you're doing like three bushels an acre then? That's what they, that's what originally was, yeah. we were told to see okay. for that, because a lot of the peas will come out cracked, shelled. And it can mess up the germination. So okay. you have to put a lot more down to improve your stands. And a lot of people sure. aren't familiar with, like, yellow peas are actually quite a bit similar to soybeans. Like, the size-wise, they're fairly similar. Very similar. That. Okay. Plant's a lot different. Are they round? Yeah. Like a soybean? Yeah. 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 They're just like a pea. They look very similar to <laughs> like it. A yeah. pea, huh? <laughs> like a pea. Just, just like, like a pea. Just like a pea. Yeah. So are there storage issues with that when you're storing your own pea seed? 
No, no. I mean, as long as you're, you've got to, you know, you dry them down to decent moisture and, and, and handling, that's the hardest part is handling. So when they get dry, dry, if you aren't using conveyors, mechanical stuff can beat them up and you can yeah. get discounted if you shell. The worst part is, is when you first start to uh, unload them into a bin, that drop of getting down to the bottom, usually the crack stuff are on the very bottom. And once you get a pile there, it starts cushioning it. Then you have less crack peas. They make pea ladders actually for, yep. for green bins that'll actually. They just kind of like roll back yeah, and forth it, like this. It's just kind of. To help stop the okay. brace of hit. Slow them down. Yep. When you first start and they're going down that la- that slide like that, yeah. do you ever hear them yell, Wee! It's <laughs> <laughs> a dad I joke. Mean, Come on. I mean, <laughs> I have to listen a little harder next time. I, I've never really paid attention that way. Usually it just sounds like rocks going through the auger. <laughs> well, usually, that's what that's, that's some people wee. say I, we like oh, that. Usually oh, it's, okay. Usually it's just the pigeons flapping their wings as they're trying to get out of there. Cause <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it clears the birds out. Yeah. We call them flying rats. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you make a lot of pee jokes? No. Never. No, okay. Well, never. Just never wondering. That. No. Yeah. Uh, that, never that's, mind. That's that. actually quite disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> like a tie like cleaning our pee or peas. Or first, you know, peeing in our field, pee spaying, <laughs> spilling peas out of our truck. Nick, we said no he, jokes. Sorry. Yeah. He, <laughs> apparently, he's sitting on a few. <laughs> so do you ever, when you start harvesting, do you ever just grab your camera and go, peeing? <laughs> you need to just drive up and just say that one time and yeah. then leave and go back home. Heroin, peeing. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I could do that. <laughs> right. You might want to write it down so I, you remember I, I'll have Trevor remember write, for write me. Write that down. <laughs> so yeah that's kind of what we got going on at this moment but uh no we it's kind of neat to go down to this farm show and just see like just the vast different type of machinery like it's so much smaller than what we're used to but it's just so different and right. everything has a special purpose it's not like you can really use things multiple purposes it's like kind of this is one thing that does one thing and you're just sitting there like man it's so like niche everything is yeah. a niche yeah, it's it's quite something. So, I mean, the valley down here, you drive around, and you're just like, wow, they grow just about everything. So did you know a citrus tree? You don't just buy an orange citrus tree and plant it? I, I was going to. Now you took one of the notes I had in my head. Well, you'll be better explaining it, so go ahead and explain it. No, you start. I'll finish. All right. <laughs> Maybe Zach could explain it, but in Randy's voice. They take a woodstock. A, known, a rootstock. Rootstock. Yep. Which basically a tree trunk, yeah. But and he then, didn't like so me whatever using area that. you're in. So if, if you're in the south where it'll grow all the time, they'll use one that will grow all the time. And if, if you're in the north, they'll use one that'll go dormant. So you take that and then raise it till, I don't know, it's a foot tall, whatever. There's probably more scientific ways of doing that. But anyways, then they, they cut it, cut a little tea in it, and they take your variety. So orange, whatever, apple, and they stick that stick into it, tape it, glue it, Bend it over. There's a bunch of more stuff there, and then grow it from that. You're molding two species together, basically. Is that called grafting? Yes. 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 So you know all about it. Well, I mean, we've done this for the last 150 years. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, good. (laughs) It's your show, Nick. Go ahead. What we're trying to do is we're trying to take kosher and take the wheat plant, stick it on it, but we haven't had a very good drafting. (laughs) Grafting wheat is not very successful. No. You've been working on that for 150 years? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I'm a lot older than I think. (laughs) (laughs) You look very good for your age. I know, right? Just a little bit of white in my beard. The tree that starts the graft, it's not an not orange tree, right? It's a different tree, right? Isn't right, it? yeah. And yet it takes. It's not like they don't have like an autoimmune system. It's like, wait, this isn't me, and tries to like right. fight itself off. And it just works. They kink the rootstock off so that no, nothing else will go up that rootstock anymore. At that point, it now goes into the variety, That's so into the also orange forces it. tree. 
And that's and all then, done by hand, I'm guessing. Yes. Like a machine doesn't do that. Right. Yep. yep. Now, well, does it always take, or do they have where sometimes it won't actually take into that? I imagine they have like to have some failure rate. He said they plan 10 to 15%, but that's not making that's it to the That's failure rate end. or that success rate? That doesn't work. So they plant 10 to 15% more than what they want. Okay. So they, they, they plan on 10 or 15% dead loss, okay. however you'd say that. And he said a lot of years... He ends up with extra because they don't have that much, but he just wants to make sure you know that he does enough because it takes a year. So then it, it's in a, gr- a greenhouse for a year, and then goes out to a field. Oh, so, so they do this in a greenhouse? Yeah, all, and all then in a greenhouse. They, oh, so they never do it out in the field? Right. Oh, no, it doesn't seem like it. It'll be done before it gets there. My question is: so what's what's the advantage of doing that? Is it the the roots are stronger? More? There is no orange. You can't plant an orange. There isn't an orange tree. tree. Correct. So is that something that they've they've developed? So they've always done. I mean, since since they came over from I don't know where it came over from Europe, the other side of the pond, orange. it's been done this way. Came over from orange, the country, and, and they're orange. not native here. That's wild. Huh? huh. That's crazy. Is the variety part, like you can plant a seed. He's like, you just don't know what you're going to get to make the variety the variety you want. You take it off that specific tree. So if you just plant a seed, you'll get an orange tree. He's like, you just don't know. Oh, is that how it was? What okay, kind of sure. It's to control the genetics. Like, yeah, there's seeds in, in grapefruit and lemons and oranges, but you plant it, you don't know what variety you're going to get. Just because the seed came from that variety doesn't mean it's going to be that variety. And then that's weird to me. Like, why wouldn't the seed from that variety? So there's a lot of that, but it, it blew my mind, though, that, that that much of it went into that. Wow. And then he sells them for 17 bucks a tree. Wow. So after he's, he takes care of them for a year, they're 17 bucks. Yep. So he must have like so ridiculous greenhouses out there. What are uh, this? Is four acres? acres? Four acres under four roof. acres. Wow. Yeah. It seemed like way more than that. There was a lot of buildings there. Yeah. Well, four acres, a lot of acres. I mean, uh, to have under roof. Yeah. That's amazing. It was pretty cool. I don't remember how many said he grew. It was a lot. So he was growing for other people too. Three hundred and fifty thousand is three hundred fifty thousand. I think that's what they were coming out oh, of there a year. Sure. Yeah. And they they processed it all in house too, right? Package it. Yes. So it's all one operation. So they go literally from two operations that work together, same same family. Wow. But you know, like two different businesses. The greenhouse hasn't always been around. It was just like wind skirts, and then till the citrus bug came around. Yep. So they have to make sure they keep that citrus bug out of it. So they've had to go full greenhouse quarantine kind of. So there's a there's a, a two doors you go through. So you go through one door, and a big fan turns on and blows at you as you walk through that door. So nothing can fly with you? Nothing can fly in. Then you close that door, and then you go through the second door into the greenhouse. Because so that thing will actually just start. What does it do? Does it just eat them down? Or is it, no, has, it, it has like a virus or something? Yep, it that, brings in a virus. Huh. And, wow. then it, and then that can wipe through. Greening, yeah, citrus green. No, that's, that's only when it's trying to fuse that bond between the two branches that it can kill it. No, though. I think you can get it in big trees, too. I mean that that's oh. a bug they have, but but I think it's more susceptible as a as a, when as they're a younger. as a young yeah. Huh. Interesting, yeah, I believe. Yeah, wow. And it's that greening. It sounds like has completely wiped out citrus areas, but it not where we're sitting. But like Florida, has Arizona had it? That's the first I've ever heard of it. Oh, it is probably not then. But I know it's been a really big deal in Florida. Like it oh, has yeah. devastated oh, their wow. citrus industry. That's. Wild. That's it impressive. is pretty yeah, crazy. So it, was, it was pretty crazy. So, and I was telling him, like, well, well, we have a hard time growing corn sometimes. You know, we plant it two and a quarter inches deep, and we pack a little dirt on top of it, and we grow a corn plant. Yeah. Like yeah. That's, that's what we go through to grow a corn plant. <laughs> yeah, we're not grafting anything into a different <laughs> <Right>. stock. 
Yeah, a little more goes to. I guess it does go through more than that at at the at the seed plant. At the seed plant, yeah. yeah. On the so genetic suppose, level, I suppose where it does, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyways, that was the coolest thing I thought that we've come across so far. Oh, huh. that was that, really that was cool. pretty mind blowing to me. Well, to yeah, see that. I mean, that's quite a process and to make that happen. Dates grow on a palm tree. Can I say it again. Dates grow on a palm tree. <sighs> really? Do, do you know what dates are? Yeah, I know what dates are. They grow on a palm tree. Really? On a date palm. Date palm. Oh. Yeah, for real. Palm? Sounds like a really, really bad kind date of date palm. Yes, date palm, like the, palm the pretty it's decorative palm, palm trees. Wow. So, and then, so those same palm branches. What's it called? Palm Sunday. I know, like our church, we always order the palm trees for Palm Sunday. So it's coming up here now. They'll go and cut all those palms off those date trees, and then ship so them like to Indiana Jones. You know, the monkey grabs out a little dish, you know, and the guy throws up in the air and you know tries to grab and grabs out of the air. You know what I'm talking about? And the bad dates. It's poison, and it looks down. The monkey's on the ground dead. Oh. And he's like, bad date, like that date from palm trees. Yes. Okay, I, I, need, I needed that. Are you telling me you don't watch Indiana Jones? I mean, I do, but okay. not since 1997. Apparently you don't, because you really don't know what he's talking about. So. <laughs> no, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know if I ever watched it. I don't know if I've ever seen it. Oh, come it. on. That one's... Never mind. Yeah. That's Raiders okay. of the Lost Ark, I yeah, think. Yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. You guys are weird in Montana. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when does your spring start? That can't be real far away. Um, not far. We're not actually, honestly, our season is pretty close to your guys's as far as our our seeding, but your harvest is a lot later than us. Yeah. Your growing season is quite a bit longer, but I mean, we're gearing up in March, getting planting, seeding equipment lined up around seed and everything, and if weather permits, we're going the first of April. Okay. Uh, the ground isn't frozen anymore? Can be. Sometimes not. We've gone as late as the end of April and almost the first part of May. It all depends on like what the conditions are. I mean, if the conditions start to be acceptable where it's dr- like it's thawing enough where you can seed into it and it's not muddy and it doesn't crust over, the sooner you can get your seed in the ground, the better off you are because you only have a certain amount of like... That's the way we are for wheat. Yeah, I suppose. We'll actually plant wheat where in the morning we have to wait because the frost is still coming out so it turns to mud. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you wait till 10, 11, noon... And then that top dries off again, and then you can go plant again. And then once the sun goes down, it'll start getting tacky again because really? that frost comes out. And that's we'll raise the best wheat. You generally will have less than a week window if everything works out right, wow. where you can do it. And if you miss that window, then we turn to mud for the next three or four weeks, three weeks even. Really? Because it's too warm, that frost gets rotten. So then the frost just keeps coming out, yeah. and it's just mud. But that our wheat does awesome. You basically have a frost layer that you're able to ju- drive on and plant on, yeah. and then you huh. miss that window and you can't get on it really. Yeah, and there's wow. times this year won't be an issue or shouldn't be because we have we have pretty good snow cover. But open cold winters, we'll have frost so deep that we're actually planting corn on top of it. You know, the wow. top couple feet won't have any frost, but out of the side hills and stuff, it'll it'll kind of keep getting wet like that. Yeah. And, wow. How deep does the frost get where you guys are on a cold winter? They tell us water lines need to be six feet. Okay. And we've had areas. They tell us eight most of the time, don't they? Uh, six. Six? We're, yep. So we're pretty close yeah. in, in depth. Some areas, I think, it depends on the composition of the soil. But Yeah, it changes a lot. Hard ground goes a little deeper. I mean, they yep. want it a little bit deeper underneath, like, roads and stuff because there's no, like, barrier for the cold. It just yep. basically right. penetrates down. And they don't so. want to have to get to it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no oxygen. So when there's no oxygen, then the temps can drive deeper. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. It doesn't take as much to make it colder. Cold, I guess. I suppose it acts like an insulator a little bit. Kind of. Yeah. The same way uh, drain tile helps our soils warm up faster. And it's not that some people think it's because we're letting warm air in those pipes that are underneath the ground from the outlets. But it's actually because we're taking the moisture out, the water out, and air will warm up faster than water will. Mm. So now when you have that certain percent of oxygen in the soil instead of water, it it warms up faster. Makes sense. Yeah. Kind of a neat little thing there. And black dirt on top. Black dirt, black dirt helps. Yep, yeah, a lot. 
Yeah, yep, it does. Yeah, you guys got a lot of that. We don't got Which much. happens naturally. No mechanical devices. You know. No, we paint it black. Oh, you paint it yeah, black. Just yeah, just like they paint their grass here in California. <laughs> paint it green. <laughs> you do? What? You put the dye in the steamer? Wow. <laughs> do you... Do you really paint no. your hay green? Oh, hey. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Trevor, I'm serious. Little kid. You want chocolate milk too like the other guy this morning? <laughs> I've seen a lot of crazy stuff this week, Trevor. I wouldn't be surprised. That's, that's true. We've seen robots pick. <laughs> yeah, we've seen robots pick apples. Yeah, we've got a Christmas tree farm that, that's right up the road from us in Minnesota there. And they paint their trees. Like, Crayola makes a product. They'll paint their trees to no. make them, like, a more attractive color. <laughs> and they've got a multitude of colors that they can paint them. I kind of feel like Zach's just trying to get Trevor back I at know, this I point. Like, I don't think I want to believe him now. Crayola. <laughs> yeah. at, least, like, no. at least humans have not attempted to paint tans on themselves yet. To paint paint? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when that day happens, I'm done. But... So right? that's, Let's not break it to him. <laughs> so that's the crayon in the, in the box that says Christmas tree. Probably, yeah. I suppose. Color Does it smell? The scented? <laughs> Scratching. I have not gone and smelled them. No, we always we always pick the unpainted trees. I'm being dead serious though. <laughs> I mean, I, why couldn't they make a nice hay product that you could spray on? Look, I'm just trying to be innovative. Probably could. It's fine. I'm. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> All right, Welker Farms, the YouTube channel. Not the farm. Yes. The YouTube channel. Yes, sir. How did that all start? So it was back in 2009 or so. Actually, no, it had been a little earlier than that. I think it had been eight. Brought a bunch of buddies up from Denver where I was going to college at the time. And what were you going to college for, Nick? Aviation. So yeah. I was going to be a pilot. It was my goal. So they had he never didn't been... fly you here, though? No, yeah. no, he's kind of slacking a little bit. Uh, he hasn't been very current. <laughs> yeah. It happens. My goal yeah. is to be a shuttle pilot you know, for like the, the NASA space shuttle, but then they scrapped the program and it just went downhill. They know? completely so, screwed you over yeah. on that. So real I'm going to cut you off quick. Did you go to school? No. Oh, you didn't? I'm not smart enough. I was hoping you went for like fabbing so I could be like, well, Scott welds and he went to school for welding. Why aren't you flying? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, anyways, move on. Didn't work out. <laughs> cool story. Tell it again. YouTube was, <laughs> YouTube was pretty young at the time and I brought a bunch of buddies up for spring break just to get them out of the city. You know, and so we did you everything. You brought them to spring break in Shelby, Montana? Yeah. We did safe things like During the winter driving time, cars themselves. Break. That sounds wild. Yeah. We made us stuffed some devices with sparklers and... I would not know anything of nothing that. bad. Just you know, a couple nothing. of firearms. Nothing. Your plugs required. So anyway, very yeah, very very mild. Anyways, with that said, they were like, "Man, Nick, you do some fun stuff up here in Montana. You guys need to make some videos and put them on YouTube." So my friend made a YouTube channel, or I think yeah, or he made some videos and gave them. He said, "Make a YouTube channel, put these on here." And there was just some like random stuff of us tearing down an old chicken house with a backhoe and wakeboarding water. And so I was like, I put them up there, and I didn't really do much with it, and I just sat for like two years, three years. And YouTube was starting to be kind of a thing where people are just putting random stuff up there. It had no, yeah, no I, point to anything, I've been really. trying to remember what YouTube was like back it then. It was just random clips out of... It had nothing to do with anything. I remember... Which, which was enjoyable. It was all, very it's, much so. It's just yeah. a rabbit It was almost hole. like TikTok back then. Yeah. Right. Except but, you had... Remember you had that, YouTube like, all the wasn't, cards that were plastered on the screens? You had to, like, click out of all... Like, it was kind of red or gray. You could make titles and, like, put them on top of the videos. You ever remember that? So you had to click out of everything to actually watch the video because people would just, like, plaster it with stuff. They finally got rid of that, but... Well, the YouTube at the time wasn't like you didn't see ads, nobody was making money or anything. It was just a place people were sharing just yeah. random stuff. 
for no reason. So and then in 2011, roughly, we started rebuilding a tractor, one of our big buds, the first one. We decided to redo it, and I thought it'd be fun to do a time lapse on it. So put together a GoPro and started recording the process of doing all that. And then in 2012 was our, our centennial, our 100-year anniversary with our farm. And I thought it'd be fun to make a, a video dedicated to our farm, a tribute video, as well as like a whole year of farming. Well, you, you, when you finish the tractor, you spent quite a few hours just trying to upload you know get the whole editing and everything done you finally got it done you uploaded it and facebook was a big deal at the time so you put it on there and on youtube and so people are watching the link and you didn't think much of it you're like oh this is kind of cool just you know and people were starting to watch it it was starting to get shared and it was starting to you know expand a little bit more and and it was it was quite an interesting thing for you to experience and like nothing of it but then all of a sudden like you said in 2012 that was our 100 year and so you decided to do a really neat thing that at the time, was driving me crazy because I'm. He wants to put cameras on everything, and he's like, "Oh, can you stop it? Because the camera, you know, the the footage of the sunset's so beautiful. I want Never wait for a little this. bit for the combine. I'm just like Nick. We got to get work so done. We up. can't you do want this. Me to it's stop so for frustrating. A sunset. Oh, it was ridiculous. <laughs> Why are you making this up? He wouldn't do that. I would always make things up. But anyways, so Nick started doing this, and I mean, you might as well just tell. Well, me yeah. Truth. So then, and then those did pretty well for for YouTube's sake. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I was getting the views per day was blowing my mind. I just, People love a good sunset. Yeah, it was all about the sunset, really. So, it, so that video kind of made its rounds around Facebook and things and then we kind of started having a little bit of a I started seeing subscribers subscribe. I didn't even know about. I was care all I cared about was views, not subscribers. The subscribers started ticking in and so then we just started doing more projects. I just started recording more of our shop projects, putting them in there after the next couple of years and then about the time I started was exposed to the millennial farmer, never in the same sense, but Got exposed to him. Exposed yourself to I, him? <laughs> <laughs> he is making this up, Trevor. <laughs> He's just always making things up. Well, I was. I remember watching his video. I'm like, why are people watching this? Like, he's literally walking around with a camera this talking guy is terrible. about farming. Like, don't they want to watch something with music and big tractors getting stuck and pulling out and stuff? Like, why would they want to watch some guy talk about his day farming? It just kind of blew my mind, but I'm like, Man, a lot of people are watching this. I was like, well, I don't want to put a camera on me. That's the most awkward thing. It it's- blew my mind too, Nate. <laughs> I still don't know why anybody watches. <laughs> so, yeah. So then the vlogging scene kind of came on. And that's when we just started. Well, we started doing a lot of projects and, and just things that we just do in the shop. And Nick was just recording it. And yeah, I mean, you were just doing this for countless amount of hours for some reason. You weren't getting paid for it. You weren't doing anything. Yeah, we didn't monetize for a while. Tons and tons of hours on it. I couldn't figure it out. I'm the same way. <laughs> it was a year and a half or two years, so not as long as you. Realized, but I didn't. Yeah. You almost called the. You almost threw in the towel a couple times. You're like, I can't do this anymore because, like, what well, you're taking time out of the day to go edit videos. Well, Dad and I were over spending more time on the tractors, seating, stuff like that, and we're just doing all this, and we weren't sure like why, yeah. but. Then it started getting to a point where you started seeing reason behind of like, well, there's a lot of cool things well, that you're able to show people what we do. And right. Yeah, a lot of amazing opportunities started presenting themselves to the farm for ourselves and the people. People I just wanted to see, love, you know, just constantly, man, I love what you do. Can't wait for the next video. And these kids that are just, yeah. it was just really bizarre feeling. Yeah. And so then it just kind of motivated the process of, well, let's make a lot of content and just keep putting videos out. And from there, it's just been. Ah, it's been wild. Just keep going. Yep. Yep. So then what? I'll ask you the same question people ask me sometimes. What happens in two, three years, five years? You know, I keep telling everybody, we, I think of it like a five-year thing. Five years. Yeah, I think it's going to last five years. It'll be done. Well, I said that probably three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm looking at it going, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, things have slowed down a little bit. It doesn't have quite the explosive growth that we might have had. But 
there's just a consistent base of people that t- continue to tune in and watch. Right. And they just, the comments they leave, the encouraging, and then we go to shows, the people, I just, they cannot believe that you're there in the physical form and they can right. see you and talk to you. And so as far as I'm concerned, as long as I'm physically able to do it, and as long as people enjoy it, you know, I will continue it. I mean, it's, it's, it's something would have to be tra- tragic to end it or... Or it would just get to a point where there just isn't enough attention to it that it isn't worth the time putting into doing it. Yeah. But it's really enjoyable. And, and, and the story of egg, that's a huge thing. I, it's our life. You grew up a farmer. I grew up a farmer. We grew up around farming. It doesn't seem like that big of a deal to us. But some people, it, yeah. they look at it as that is an amazing career, an amazing occupation. And it blows their minds what we do, which might just seem like everyday living to us. And so the, the, the motivation of trying to tell the story of egg and realizing also, too, around the time, the disconnect between the producer and the consumer that also, I mean, that was a big thing too. Being able to show that this is this is what we do. We're not some big corporate family farm, or no, right. or should say family. We're not some big corporate farm. We're a family, a fourth generation farm. Right. And a lot of the big corporate farms or corp- incorporated farms still are family farms. I think it's it was upwards of eighty percent are family farm. I think it's in, it's in the nineties as far as the percentage of farms in the U.S. that are still family owned, family run. Yeah. I would consider it seemed like a huge farm we were at yesterday, right? And it's all family run. Is it all of it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, sixth, no, fourth generation? Fourth or sixth. That's amazing. Well, somewhere in there. Definitely, Definitely not fifth. N- yeah, not fifth. Fourth <laughs> or sixth. <laughs> You're fifth, aren't you? I thought I was fifth, and then I got some more information from, actually, the guy whose dad grew up in the farm next door, who doesn't live there anymore, but he was watching my videos and saw that I was fifth generation, and he sent me this whole big packet of the history of like our township and all the church records and all this stuff going back, like, no, you're sixth generation. Oh, oh he upgraded oh, you. Right on. I was going to say, like, is yeah. your hopes and dreams crushed now? Yeah, no. Like, <laughs> Our farm's only 28 years old. Is your life a lie now? Or what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty sweet. So if any of your kids take it on, they'll, they'll be seventh. That's, seventh, That's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Wow. Yep. What about you guys? We're fourth. Fourth so, generation? Yeah, so the farm originally, they were kind of up in the area around early 1900s, but 1912 on paper is technically when the deeded land basically what was happening is it was kind of out in the middle of nowhere and they were just trying to get people to move out there to start farming the land or live on the land so what they were doing is the government was giving people 320 acres each just to live out 320 homestead yeah homestead Homestead. yeah so it was still that yeah so it was the program they were just trying to get people but the thing is you could have it but you had to live there for a year so was it five years and had to show it was was five years i thought it was was five on ours nine months of the year year. okay yeah that's right we weren't 320 were we that was 160. I'm not sure on that okay. if it was 160 or 320. But I know you had to do the five-year thing, make the improvements. You had to be actively farming it. What's funny, though, about it is out of all the land that was left, <laughs> our great-grandpa picked the worst land <laughs> that was available. Like, it's got shale, it's alkali, shale. it's just... So my, my, my great-uncle first came up there from Oklahoma, and he, he deeded his spot. And we actually have a reservoir called Tom's Reservoir, and that's where his place was. And he, he told his brother, he said, hey, man, they're giving away this land. You need to come up here. There's a spot right next to me that's still available. So my great-grandpa came up with his family and deeded the spot, which was the junkiest spot on the lot. And then my oh. great-great-uncle decided to throw in the towel and get out of there and sold his stuff to my great-great-grandpa. Oh, no. <laughs> 640 acres now is what he had instead yeah. of 300. No, 620 acres because it was 310 they yeah. were giving away, right? 640, yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, okay, so 320s, so 640. 640. So, yeah, now he's got this land, but it's it's all scab land, really. Yeah. It's funny that they gave 320 away in Montana, because I think about Minnesota, and I would think it would be more difficult there to establish a farm, because it was mostly all trees, 
wasn't it? I mean, a lot of that was trees. And then, no, we're prairie. Not down where we were. It was prairie land. But the the snow, I mean, you guys have and the conditions are pretty hard, too. The soil is better and the moisture is better, but, I mean, I, I maybe not. But it's interesting why Montana was harder to get people to get to. Well, it was because it, they knew it was dry. It's just dry. Okay. So they knew that they had to increase it to 320, and then to get the people up there, well, right. people didn't realize how dry it could get. Well, you're kind of out in the boondocks, too, because you had the train company that's going through that... You know, it's not too far away, but like water, you don't have good water source. We don't have groundwater up there. And with it being so dry, like they were as man-made reservoirs around that they started doing to try to get water in that area. I mean, it's it's just a, a harsher climate. So people didn't want to move up there, if you think about it. I mean, they, used, they you'd hear stories of them taking buffalo chips and using that to heat their homes. Yeah. Because there wasn't, there's no lumber out there. There's not really anything in those trees they can cut down unless they go far enough, you know, south. And You're so, not collecting buffalo chips anymore? Well, they, they collected them all. I don't have the chance to anymore. I'm kind of uh-huh. bummed about it. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy with YouTube to burn buffalo, buffalo crap. We've got, we've got Kobe chips. Kobe chips, yeah. <laughs> the dog. <laughs> Kobe chips. So is your great-grandpa? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Great-grandpa. So yep. at, at what point did he realize, like, Oh man, I should have taken that three hundred twenty-eight acres. <laughs> uh, probably too late. <laughs> <laughs> Can I redo so, this? <laughs> so then he had nine kids, and out of the nine kids, our grandpa was one of them, and then his brother. So there was two brothers out of the nine kids that farmed that land, and they started growing it and making it bigger. And they called, they were called the Welker brothers, and out of that, they started handing it off to my father Bob, which then took over his share, and then eventually we were acquiring the other share. So it's still in the family, but we are the fourth generation and carrying this legacy on. So it's kind of funny that you go from literally the worst land out there, and somehow out of all the farms that were established through all that, somehow this one still is There was going. a lot of homesteads. There was a lot of homesteads. Yeah. I mean, if you think about every 320 acres, there must have been a house at least or some kind of cot or building. And they used yeah. to... Back in the day, you could go on the train, order homes from the train company, and they'd bring them out where it's like kit homes, basically, where they give you a certain huh. amount of lumber and you put them together. And so, you know, it's it's just interesting how to, out of all the years, somehow our farm was able to make it. And yeah. there were some tough years throughout that. So the legacy for us, it's it's honoring because we're like, wow, this is kind of cool that we can pass down to yeah. our kids and hopefully, you know, keep moving it on forward and so there's uh, a lot of appreciation on knowing where it came from. But we don't have legacy like you. That's six, six generations. But Their internet back then was pretty slow, too. Oh, it was? Yeah. B- back yeah. then was? Maybe that's why people didn't want to go west so far. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I would think so. I mean, it was like pre-dial-up speeds. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, we, we had pretty good internet yeah. back then. Did you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. We had a lot the, of bandwidth. You know, the smoke signal kind of internet. Yeah. <laughs> so we're prairie. Other than around the lake areas. So so right pretty close to where we live, there's native oak, oak trees and whatever, hard lumbers, you know, around. So back in the day, everyone came from the west, and they would have, or what they call them, but basically logging plots. Like you own this plot for trees. Oh, so you actually, you would get your own lot? Yeah, they'd come over, and everyone owned this, like, one-acre plot to harvest trees off of that were around you know, whatever lakes. Now, did they have to leave a couple of trees on it or could they harvest anything they wanted? I don't, I'd like to know more about that. I yeah, don't know. I would too. Cause uh, I assume so. Cause there's no one acre plots left out in these, around these lakes in areas. So I suppose someone just started buying them up once they didn't need the, need them anymore. I, I suppose. Hmm. 
But Interesting. Yeah, so there's a, there's a really big house just a mile from where my dad is, and that house has numbers on the bedroom. It's like a seven, eight, nine bedroom house, and there's still little wooden numbers above the doors, and they're actually using that as a, as a hotel. They'd come through on, with horses and wagons, and that's where they would stop, Rooney's. And then they'd go and cut their wood, and then they'd stop there, get on the way back, and then and then head out wow. to Lake Donnelly, another you know forty, fifty, sixty miles west of there. Oh wow, that's cool. Um, that's wild. It's like so, a halfway hotel there. R- right? Yeah, yeah, out in the middle, out in the country, huh. like a bed and breakfast, I suppose. I sure. mean, you didn't know any different. That's just how it was back then. I mean, you just yeah, okay, that's what just, they did. But but yeah. until I don't know, ten years ago, maybe less. I didn't realize we were prairie. I thought we were trees. I thought I thought we had to clear all this land. Yeah. But no, I we're we're native to prairie, I guess. Really. But huh. we, they they still had to do a fair amount of clearing in certain areas because we have broke some just a few acres that hadn't been farmed before. Actually, Grandpa said it was farmed in the 30s for a while, so they had farmed it, but it hadn't been touched for 60 years, 70 years. Wow! And we broke it was like a three four acre corner we broke into, and the rocks, un- like there's more rock there than soil. It's unreal. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine how they were able to clear what they did. And you guys have boulders. Yeah, we're yeah, ta- yeah we're not yeah, talking like rocks yeah. you pick up by hand. We need a machine for every one of them. But the way the glaciers came through, you could have a really rocky quarter here, yeah. and you won't have any the next eighty or quarter over. There's just wow. big veins of them, yeah. And that's just the way the glaciers came through and just piled them. I imagine anywhere there's a depression, you know, the rocks would, would land there and go over top. In our area, we used to have big glaciers that would move all the rocks from the like the the mountains and so forth and they're round they've been rolled through all the glaciers and so forth is yours fairly similar to that most of them are round we do get into some shale do you have any shale in your area no if you go west and north of where we are we'll hit a few spots of shale but it's always a really narrow strip i guess i don't know where that came from or why hmm but that's pretty close to the big river there too oh yeah so maybe that's so where it's close it... to the minnesota river which is loaded full of shale out sure. there isn't it yep now these shale like how big are you talking like, they're sheets of it, right? Yeah, but they break easy. So I'll break them with the towel plow. I'll feel them there oh. and, and break them, and then they'll they'll come up. They're usually, I don't know, three, four, five, six inches thick. Oh, wow. So, like, our, when we used to chain dig our mains in, we had a chain digger. That uh, that hated them because you you'd break chain and you would lots of things. Hit, so yep. just but now with the it. plow, as long as I don't hit that on the tip, and usually shale's pretty shallow, but as long as the tip of the plow gets under the rock, I'll roll it out. You know, I wow. might need something on the front of me to help, but you'll break it and it'll come out like this, you know, and then huh. suddenly we always dig it out. But if that's shale and you're pulling shale out like that, there's definitely way more under there, right? That it was. I would assume. You're just pulling basically pipe through that broken spot. Right. Yeah. Yep. See, we have shale too, but it's not like it's very brittle. It's not quite hard stuff like you're talking. Well, I would say this is brittle, but if it's six inches thick and three feet under the ground, it takes a lot to break force that. force to shower yeah. it. Because if you were to pick a chunk of it up with the excavator and drop it in another rock, it'll it'll break it. It's like flakes. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Frosted yeah. flakes? For, yes, you can frost them. Oh, okay. yeah. Really? Okay. Are they great? <laughs> no, they're not. Oh, okay. They're not. <laughs> Are you or someone you know looking to add a revenue stream to your farm business? Why not become a community builder with FBN? You can partner with one of the fastest-growing companies in ag while choosing the products you sell and working on your schedule. There's no better way to build your bottom line while providing farmers with access to cost-efficient inputs delivered direct to farm so that they can build their bottom line. If you're interested, visit fbn.com build to sign up to become a community builder with FBN today. 
Anyways. Anyways. What, what were we talking about again? I just got hungry for a cereal. I don't know why. We got off on the prairie and breaking the land. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Something yep. started with the YouTube channel and Welker Farms, and I got into the history yep. of Welker Farms, and ended up the prairie. And It's funny. That happens on this we, podcast. We, came, yeah. we went to rocks. We went to trees. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> off the husk. <laughs> We're off the husk. Uh, so what are you what are you growing there? You're growing you're growing wheat. So peas. our primary our main crop would be wheat. That seems to be the hardiest in thing that can take the wheat. in winter wheat. So we have very dry conditions. We're very reliant on whatever moisture we get from snow to rainfall. We don't have any groundwater where we're at. So the conditions that we have, wheat seems to be fairly hardy. It seems to do well. It's uh, fairly good, you know, protein that it produces. But we've been venturing into more pulse crops. A lot of like uh, yellow peas seems to do very well for us. We've done lentils. We've done chickpeas. We've done canola. We're venturing into some other crops that we're starting to find that can do well in the climate that we're in. But the main thing is the rotation because like wheat, you know, it, all, it keeps taking from the soil and you have to put more fertilizer on. Well, if you take like, you know, some of these pulse crops, they, they help produce some nitrogen and get it back. And then it also gives more organic matter that's different for the enzymes to start chewing on and so forth. So it's a learning process. The last 10 years, we're starting to figure out more yeah. that is available. And the thing is, you know, you go 15, 20 years ago, even if you try to grow these crops, there's no way to really market it there was no yeah. place to get rid of it i mean you'd have to truck it for miles to try to get and you wouldn't be worth it now you're getting facilities that have like you know they're not far from you that will actually start markets have opened up taking these different crops and moving it so you can actually start having a market for it so this yeah we'll be doing spring and winter wheat peas barley you will do spring wheat yeah yep okay that's gonna be my next question quite a bit of spring wheat yeah that's okay. actually well we like to have half and half but that's been traditionally our majority of our crops okay. spring wheat and then we'll probably have another canola this year. We're going to do a little bit of hemp if it works out. Just kind of get our feet wet. Now, the hemp, though, it doesn't have the THC in it. It's, it's, not, it's not for CBD oil. Yeah, CBD. It's, so it's just for, like, fiber. fiber. We're actually doing seeds. There's two different varieties that they kind of offer, and the one that we're doing is more of the grains, they call it. So it's just the seeds, so they can crush it. But it's, it's not CBD oil. It's used for other stuff, too. It's kind and of they'll different. come in and bale up the, the rest of the, you know, whatever the stocks that you have behind yeah. the combine. But it's not meant really for that. This will be your first year? So yes. We're going to try a hemp. little bit, yeah. 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 There's a facility that's not too far from us that's starting to do a hemp facility where they're, and they really let, like us to try it. And, we, you know, what? We'll, we'll look at, see what happens. Tony Fast from Fast so, Egg's done it. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I know Tony's that. done it. And so we're based the same company, so they, yeah. they've been really pushing to get us to try it, so we might okay. get our feet wet this year and just try a little bit. Was it the seed stuff that Tony did before? Yeah, pretty much, yep, yep. So, and when you say the seeds, they're, they're not using it for seed production, they're crushing the seeds. I think they're crushing it. They okay. might use it for some seed, you know, to get more of their inventory because they're starting to build it up. But the basically, they crush it and then they take the oil from it and then they use it for like cooking oil or other things. And they'll take the the shells and then they'll use it as feed to mix in for cattle and a few. There's there's a lot of ways of yeah. you know using it. All that uh, material that comes out like the stock. It's not really great stuff for the oil seed, so they use it for like gunny sacks or other things that's kind of right. cheaper material. But if we were going to grow like the bales, basically, yeah, for then fiber. they would use it for, like, your jeans and other types of material. You'd swath and it and winrow it. They're still going to come back with a baler. Or we'll winrow it with our combines and then come with a baler and bale it. Okay. I mean, we're learning it, as so. we're, you know, this is, we've never tried it, so it's interesting. this would be an interesting process. And do you still do some fallow ground? Chem fallow? Yes. Yes. Yep. So the, the vast majority of the ground was all summer fallow. But what the problem is, is we have such high winds and it's fairly dry that for through many years 
all that wind was just blowing that topsoil away. Yeah. And so there wasn't really a lot of organic matter left over. So we started going, once they started producing chemicals to start spraying the crop out, then you can leave your stubble and that helps catch snow and so forth. And so we did basically half and half. So when we say we have like 10,000 acres that we farm, we do 5,000 in crop, 5,000 out. Okay. And now we're starting to be, what would you say? Well, last year was the first year we basically see, I had the bright idea to seed everything and we basically did. And it was one of the worst droughts we've ever had. So. Oh no. <laughs> uh, and we got hailed the worst we've ever yeah, had. Yeah, it was, it was miserable, but. And it was all your fault? <laughs> well, you know, I think yes, at the time I was it. making these decisions, I was on the phone with Trevor, well, so well, I'm going to blame Trevor. Yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so, but we're probably going to do 75, 80% in crop again this year yeah. with a little okay. bit of fallow. Sure. How many um, acres will you do of hemp? Only like 50. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like, okay. It's like 50 acres. So. Can you plant that with your cedars? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's really small seed. Yeah. Like it's really small. Tiny. It's almost it's like, like peppers, like a little smaller than peppers. Okay. So. You won't harvest it yourself though, will you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you will? Yep, we'll harvest it ourselves. We'll straight cut it. Through the combine? Yep, through the combine. We just, But we'll leave probably, I think he said, 12 to 15 inches of stubble okay. behind. And then you windrow it, and then the, the straw will go out the back. It'll be in windrows behind the combine, and then you need to let it sit through a winter. And it has to go through a process of, like, breaking down with the winter, freezing and thawing, and microorganisms need to mess with Somehow it. Somehow with the frost, it'll, like, break itself and start shredding itself, and it makes it easier so that they can... If it doesn't go through that, there's a lot more work that has to be done to prepare it, I guess. But the gnats, they found that letting it go through a winter, so then in the spring, they'll come and they take it off before you hopefully go to seed again. What's huh. interesting about it is it's it's such a interesting fiber that it doesn't just decompose. It doesn't yeah. just break down. I mean, it takes years. It's a really woody... Yeah, plan, right? yeah. I mean, we're like very, yeah, I mean, we have hardly, this is our first year trying yeah. it, so this is just what we've been told, but interesting, yeah. Mm. You straight cut canola? Yes, yep. Is canola, that's a really hard, you like harvest it almost green, right? Yeah, you know, yes, to a point. The, the canola the varieties are getting a lot, but at least the shell really bad, so you had to kind of get them a little It used greener. to be swatted all the time, right? Yeah. And you'd let it kind of rot down so you get it through the machine? Mm -hmm. Swath it, windrow it, so it wouldn't shell up. But these newer varieties... They're better now. The reason why they would do a lot of that is just because the plant's still growing and it'll always still growing. And so you kind of need to shut it down. So like what would happen was, is if you spray it out, it'll shut it down and it gets ready so that you can harvest it. Or if the frost comes, then it shuts the plant down. Yeah. So that was the main problem is with that. So, But yeah, it's, uh, it's huge up in Canada, just north of us. There's quite a market for canola. So Yeah. I suppose the, the draper heads and the, the newer machines too have helped. Yes. I mean, before you, I mean, you just couldn't have hammered that through an auger head. I couldn't imagine, could you? Probably not very well. To get it to feed and everything? I, I think it would feed because it's, it's kind of got a little bit of vininess to it. So it oh. would kind of catch itself and keep pulling in. Sure. But it'd be coming probably, in, be okay. probably clods. Okay. But it, it's, it's pretty easy to combine. It really is. Although when it's kind of green, you, you plug combines and everything gets coated with yeah, the goose. We, we made a mistake. We, we learned something. It, we were harvesting the other crops and didn't really, we should have stopped what we were doing and jumped to the canola when it was ready because it was ready at one point. And we just kind of like, it'll be okay. We'll just keep going, keep going. The weather was nothing in the forecast for a long time. Well, then I think it did rain. It got some more moisture. And as we were going, all of a sudden we started looking. And we're like, huh, there's a lot of new green growth there. And realized the plants were literally regrowing and reflowering again. Oh, no. So we had a big mess. So we had, to, that's, <laughs> we had that cleaner. We ran through our cleaner to try to get all the material. And we were plugging the combine right and left. And, and it's an oil seed. So you got to be careful when you put it in the bin because it'll start creating heat and generating. And they'll oh, actually yeah, start Yeah, you got to get that moisture down. So we had, to, we had to try to get that heat out while all that material that was like green stuff growing it was oh yeah i got hot running across a cleaner or something to get rid yeah. of that well that's what we we had that cleaner that scalper unit that uh was able to clean a lot of the green stuff off the okay. pods but 
it was still it was a like, rookie mistake. Yeah, we've we, learned a little bit. Yeah, we, we made. Is that real tough too? Like if you slug it in the combine, is it really hard to? Yeah, it can get. We probably five or six times we're in the back with pitchforks digging it out oh. in the back around the straw chopper. That the is so Straw fun. chopper and everything. And so at any point where one of you going like, I told you we should have came and got this last week. <laughs> yeah, we just left it. Whoever that person was up inside, we just kind of stood back. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, some of that stuff, you're reaching in there, and I mean, that straw chopper's been spinning, and it was it would burn your hands. I mean, it had to be 100 I mean, 130, it was just 140 so degrees. Matted in uh-huh. there that it was wet, but it was just it was hot. You couldn't you grab it before in a second. It just like roast your hands. Yeah. So. so the chopper knives, I suppose, just flip back. And <laughs> we so we, we had them plugged, like, stop moving. We did, but it, it just still plugged up so bad. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it's sticky because you, you have all that green growth on it, and it's an oil seed. It was so bad. It just like everything kind of stuck because you got all that nice shiny metal that you just cut all your other crops with. And what it, what happens when you have like sticky? You know, it's like taking a, a wet towel and slapping it on steel, and you slide it, and it doesn't really want to slide. We would have sprayed it out, desiccated it, and then come in and then cut it when it was ripe. But the thing was, there was only literally two to three bushel an acre there. It was a droughted. Sure. So how much money did we want to throw at it? It was right. like, we need, to get, we need the material gone, and we just need So we just, like, it's only 400 acres. We'll just suffer just through hammer 400 through acres. It. And yeah. yeah. Get it yeah. done. Yeah. So. One of those nightmares that you just deal with, you know? Right. Yeah, that's when I, I usually turn on, like, a Millennial Farmer video or something and watch that. Cause his, that helps? Yeah. Oh, yeah, calms me down. It's just as much misery watching that as, as trying to get through there. <laughs> Offsets the misery. <laughs> it's like a double double negative type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I turn on Trevor's, but that's <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yes. So how's the year looking for you guys? Well, at this point, it's just been really cold. Yeah. But we got a ton more moisture than what we had last summer. I mean, all the whole growing season last year, we had less than two inches of rain at our place. Well, That's wild. Wasn't it like the driest you guys have ever had? I don't know if we might have been drier in, back in 88 when I, mean, I was, was four years old. It was for you guys. Extremely. For sure, the driest that I remember. Because in 88, it went on a little longer. It lasted longer? For a few years, I think. Oh, right. So they, so they really noticed it more. Because it had been dry the years previously. Yep. Yeah, where this year was. So how many inches of rain did you get? Our gauge in our yard was 1.8 from, from corn planting to August 23rd, which would be four months. So you had Are that you much serious? groundwater that was able to at least still grow a crop. It, right. it basically 100% survived off what was available in the yeah. ground. Right. That's nuts. Yep. How far can corn spread its roots? How deep? Oh, gosh. Six six feet? Oh, it can. Oh, more than that. Yeah, yeah they'll, keep, they'll keep digging. Okay. I mean. Eight, ten feet, I bet. Wow. That is insane. We barely had four inches of rain, but, I mean, we had no groundwater. We didn't have any moisture like, to begin with. Yeah. Really, it was well, already raw. And your soils that. don't hold it like ours. Yeah. I mean, oh, ours will just cling. It's just stuck in there. And we planted dry. Very spongy, uh, so sticky. Yeah. Plant dry, the roots will go down to it. Okay. If we plant wet and we're wet right away, we don't get a root base. And then we turn uh, dry, then it's worse because our roots aren't all the way down there. Yeah, Got so it, it so it really helped having a little bit dry so early. Kind of saved you guys. Yeah, it kind of it's kind of good for that seed to have to search because it huh. it'll send the roots deeper. But, but then from August twenty third through until harvest, October twenty third, we had twenty inches. Yeah, twenty inches of rain. So we we, wow. we got back to our average rainfall. Yeah, it just, just all came time. in a few now, weeks. Now with inputs being as high as they are, are you guys going to keep the same fertilizer rates prescription? Are you going to cut it back, or what are you thinking? Have we, you pre bought some of that? Oh, it, well, we put all of ours on in, we bought it in July for, oh. for 22. We bought it in July of 21, and then we apply it as soon as the last year's crop is off. So it's already in the ground. Got it. So you, that's yep. not going to be an expense. That it's, you're not. It was much more expensive than it has been, but not like it yeah. is right now. Yeah. We did the same. So the, the P&K is on, and the urea has been bought since last spring. Oh, wow. So we've, so we've got that sitting there to put on in the spring. You know, so we're sitting pretty good this year. And if things continue like they are, 
we'll just slow down so that we're not building the soils. Okay. We'll more go down to just plant removal. And then when, when fertilizer prices come back down, then we start building our P and K. Not rates, but our P and K levels up. Back up. Start yeah. putting more money into it when the level. We won't short it with where the prices are. Well, at the price of corn right now, it's yeah. You, you you'll just you'll end up going backwards if you if you really try to short it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. That makes sense. Uh, input's bad for you guys too. Yeah, I mean, we usually pre-buy. We put up a couple little smooth wall hoppers, and we'll pre-buy and have it the dry out on the farm available for because we put it all in the spring. But um, we didn't. You know, I think it was like four well, or five hundred we ton for urea like, at the time. We're like, man, this is ridiculous. We'll yeah. wait it out. Well, then it hit eleven hundred, I think. Yeah, so it's, it's sitting about that nine hundred right now, I think. And it has come off the top. Yeah. So you might as well wait at this point. So what we're going to try to do now is because it's so high and wheat requires so much to try to get the protein levels up, we're going to start doing more barley, which we have barley available, and then more peas because they don't really take as much fertilizer, if not and any. So I think we have a lot of N available in the ground yeah, because we last had. Year, we, I mean, we were droughted, so there, it, we put a normal rate in last year, and it didn't use it. So I think there's going to be – we'll be able to hopefully have one year to kind of get by with a low rate. Just It'll be interesting to see what it does. I mean, we're going to try to – because we got to be careful. You know, we don't have the inputs like you guys have, but the thing is our profit margin is so much lower than you guys, so it's kind of like, you know, yeah, it, just, to you it's probably like, oh, you guys are worried about that, <laughs> but we don't get the yield like you guys do. Right. Think, what do you get for wheat on your, your crops? Wheat? Yeah, what do you, what's your average <sighs> – we got about 60 last year okay. with the dry, but but that's about the highest we've had in about four years. See, and that's, I can see why wheat's not a huge crop, you guys, because you can grow 200 bushel corn. And maybe we're not treating it right, you know, we're growing about a quarter, but we're, I mean, we're fungiciding different things, but it just never seems to work out for us. We either, we don't get it in time in the spring, you know, and it ends up getting to be late, or, or like last year we got dry, you know, but to still pull 60 bushel off was pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that's It wasn't real impressive. tall, it was pretty short, you know, but the year before that, I think it was like... 38. Really? That's it? Yeah, we had, and I don't remember what the scenario there was. I think we were I mean, wet. That's like our bushel range. So that would have been, that would have been, uh, was it 19 we were so wet? Wow. Or 19 was Yeah, dry. I think ni- 19, no, was, 19 wet. was wet. Yeah. Yeah, so it must have been 19. We had like 38 bushel wheat, and then it had. Was it rust or was it like a. Vomitoxin. Vomitoxin. Yeah. Oh. Because it's, it was so wet so long. Yeah. So that, that, all that caused so, a lot of the. Yeah, but I'd say, I'd say we usually plan for, for 60 bushel wheat. Don't always get there. Seems like we should be able to grow eighty. But yeah, I would have so. thought so with all that. Very few times we ever hear of anybody getting eighty kind of. See, in area. there's places not far from us that'll pull hundred bushel winter wheat every year. It just yeah, and, and not that far from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, just twenty miles from us, there's irrigated ground, and they'll pull hundred and thirty bushel Keldon. On dry wheat. land, there's people that are big sandy, which they can get up to hundred on dry land. Yeah, but dry it's land. Just, it's a lot of just the way that the the storms move through. Like, they get just the perfect amount of rain to grow that crop. Yeah, and they're, the way their their soil types set up and everything, it's just yep. like it's absolute gorgeous winter wheat seeding ground. Yeah, it's crazy. It seems like wheat really fluctuates, like from, just from region to region. Yeah, how fast that can change. We're almost always too wet, especially for wheat. And we're, we're putting wheat on the ground. We're putting wheat on our worst ground that needs to get fixed, which is why we're putting wheat on there. We're putting wheat on there so that we have an extra month in the summer to, to work on it, whether we're building dams for erosion control type projects. And then we, we do a full pattern tile on them on our land so, mm. so that it's going in the worst, wettest ground we have. Now, is it hard to try to get rid of the wheat? Like, do you have no. a pretty good market out there? Yeah, we've, yeah. Yeah, we've got a decent market. What do they use it for, like feed, or do they just send it off to the coast and get it milled, or what? I assume it'll go off and get milled. The winter wheat, we don't have a big winter well, wheat. Well, actually, it probably won't go to the coast for you. It probably goes to the Mississippi and gets on a barge, right? 
a lot of it gets hauled down to the cities and gets put on rail. Okay. Where it goes you from there. You guys are close to Mississippi. They probably send it on barge, don't they? We're right at the Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah, but we're even loading rail right at the Mississippi. The ours all goes to Asian Asian countries. Yeah. It goes west. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you have to till wheat ground? Is there tillage required on that? After or before? After. Like as to for the next year? Because I know, obviously, you're tilling your, your corn. We do because we uh, we end up having, but typically, yeah, it will. Okay. But we're, we're doing the tiling and everything on it, so we... We tear it up so bad oh, that we've okay. got to till it, and then we throw a cover crop on it because when we're done, it's oh, so black, crop. it'll blow. So oh. yeah, so we always throw a cover crop on it, which it. is either winter wheat or winter rye or some kind of a mix okay. that we'll put back on it, wow. and then just to kind of hold them soils there. But And then when we plant into it, if we can, no-till in the spring's the best because we're out there when the frost's still coming out, so we're out there when it's wet, so if we try to till it, we just make mud balls and cause compaction, yes. and then your wheel tracks don't grow, and this and that and the other. Oh, that so, makes sense. So we'll even we'll chisel pile like bean stubble, and then the next year we use a no-till drill, and we'll try to just no-till into that chisel plowing, and that we'll get the best wheat stand out of that. Wow, interesting. Now, Zach, how come you don't? I mean, you don't really do any wheat, do you? No, we don't. But like Randy said, half the reason they do it is because they want to be able to get on that field to do some improvements. That's the only reason we do it. So they'll harvest the wheat in August. Well, we're not going to take corn for another. Six weeks, eight weeks. Yeah. So then he can get to that field and do some improvements on that oh, field. Oh, okay. That's... So it's a timing thing for him just to be able to get in on those acres and do some stuff. We have actually been following wheat with corn because we've been tiling it, ripping it up so much, and then work it so much. But typically you're not following it, you know, behind. So we don't plant wheat on corn. You know, they're both the grasses. It, it, it just doesn't work between the residue and just having, you know, another grass species there. So then you end up missing a corn year. So then you'll do beans, wheat, beans corn well to take that corn out of that rotation that long we can do way better with corn basically yeah. in our area our market right most of the time yeah interesting it's just there there's not a lot of wheat around us you guys probably grow as much as anyone yeah it's pretty much done it's either for a guy that needs to get a couple quarters out of the way early like he doesn't have the equipment or the time you know late in the fall or it's to do work on so i've, I've got a list of guys that'll plant wheat just for me to tile on and if I don't have room to get their wheat in that year, they won't plant wheat that year. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. They're pretty much, they're planting it so that we can do dirt work on Interesting. it. Interesting. Yeah. That's amazing. It's yeah. so crazy how different it is. It is, isn't it? It's fascinating for us to like, know what you guys do, but I'm sure it's like also fascinating for a lot of you guys that do corn and beans to see like, whoa, wow, why do you guys take so much more acres like us? And, you know, what do you, and so it's it's just interesting from the other side, you're like, well, that doesn't make sense. But then you're like, yeah, oh, I, I, I was blown of... away when I visited you guys and I found out you leave half your acres every year. You're not farming. I'm like, what? Are you guys what? sick in the mind? Fence row to fence row, guys, every <laughs> <Yeah>. year. <laughs> are they stupid? Yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's just. Like... I should tell them how they should do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, 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 no. I leave that up to the comments. Oh, yeah. I'm going to yeah. go on the internet and yeah. tell them what they're doing yeah. wrong. Well, that's the thing is like you get all these people like it works for them in one area and you can go 10 miles and it just changes that much different. Yeah. It's right? like a whole new learning curve. And so. I mean, we're running into new issues. Weed resistances is beginning to be a major nightmare yeah. for us. Yeah. With these, we've some of these weeds we have. You can throw anything at them. I mean, there's just a couple things left in the arsenal that'll take them out, and it's not pretty. So it's we're, either that's why iron or some really nasty stuff that you really don't want to mess with, but you kind of are limited to. So the whole chem follow scene is getting more difficult because, yeah. and it's getting expensive too. So that's why we're kind of thinking, well, instead of putting all that money in a herbicide, we'll just lower our yields but grow a second crop in the mix. And then at the end of the day, hopefully, you know, be better off. And honestly, it's better for organic matter and yeah. 
plants like I think ground likes stuff growing in all the time. It's good for the soil to have something yeah, in it. Yeah, it does. They like them roots in there. They like that. Microorganisms. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Keep it, it alive. Because if you kill it out for a whole entire summer, I feel like there's a lot growing, or that should be in that ground that's lost its food source. See, our, our main factor that's for us is we just, we're relying on rain. Whatever we get is yep. what we can make. But like a lot of people are like, well, why are you guys spraying it out? You're killing everything. You're destroying everything. I'll tell you right now, there's more earthworms in the ground that you'll ever find than it was when they were starting to plow the soil. Because before, you dry it out. You yep. plow it. You kill all the you know enzymes. Oh, yeah. There's nothing for the earthworms to live in. Now, it's like, it's amazing it's how much is actually growing in it. And that is like, it's thriving. Our yields have like jumped up huge amounts. So it's... It's been a blessing for Chemfallow just to help give that moisture, but also give that time for the enzymes to start breaking down the material and work on it. And But if we don't do that, we do crop on crop on crop, pretty soon our yields start suffering and we don't have as much moisture and it just gets to be like, you know, the wreck basically. So we yeah. have to be careful on our rotations too. So Yeah, and that's where robot weeders will come in soon and solve all your spraying problems. Yeah. Trevor? Yeah. Trevor, yes. <laughs> Trevor. Hey, Hi, Trevor. Hey, there he is. He's back. Trevor just showed up. Hey, buddy. He disappeared for a while. Where'd you go? See, they're just half drunk, and they're just wanting to hang out with you so bad, and I'm like, oh, yeah, they're pretty busy. Podcast <laughs> oh, their dad, Bob? He's the one that wants to hang out? Yeah. <laughs> you, would, you, you would ditch my dad like that? Yeah, just leave him or, down there. What time is it now? Uh, oh, wow. Show's going to close five? in like six minutes. What, how long have we gone here? What are we at? We're at an hour nine. Do you oh. want me to just rattle off my life story really quick? Yes, go. Yeah. Three, two, one. All right. Trevor Bale's life story and go. We're here. <laughs> All right. There you have it. Trevor Bale's, everybody. <laughs> Man, that was, that was, that that was deep. Whole, that's a whole second podcast. We made it. <laughs> we made it. Is, it is it weird if you kind of remind me of Will Ferrell a little bit, but like. I've never heard that. <laughs> I think it's, no, the look, your looks are like. Yeah, you're, you're, you're way... He's fuzzy, right? Is he fuzzy? <laughs> yeah, he's got curly hair. Your looks are way better. Would you he's, say he looks like Jim Gaffigan? Trevor's a good-looking man. <laughs> In, uh, More like know. a Steve Buscemi. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'll take it. Speaking from your wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, who, what, what else do you find down there? Where did you go? I've been standing right there this whole time. The that whole, whole time? time? Right there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you this guy's like pretty wasted. He was sitting up on there taking pictures of us. I'm like... The hell? The hell <laughs> here? He's like, Trevor, come down here. Like, Let's go drink beers. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm like, I'm like trying. How do you podcasting? I don't know how you say. <laughs> you were super busy podcasting. <laughs> Dude, come drink beers with us. We got a trailer out here. It's, it's awesome. Come drink beers with us. Man, you're already drunk, and I can still. Gonna... Trevor, you are the star. You're kind of a celebrity, buddy. Did you tell him that you broke the? The display nodder <laughs> right away when you got here? It was a plan. The guy was waiting for us, and he was going to, we the three of us were going to walk back, and he was going to yell at me, but then we never came back, so it's really not broke. See, it's really it not is fixed? I can hear someone using it right now. You broke something. You hear that? The string. That's all. It's running right now. That was it? That's it. Oh, wow. Oh. For those that don't know, Trevor broke a machine at the show. <laughs> he did. <laughs> right yeah. away. I told the guy that works, I was like, when we come back, you got to act mad at me, right? <laughs> and just, they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, he's going to get on video, and then be like, ah, oh, just kidding, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anybody listening, you got to go follow at Bales Hay on everything. So that yeah. you can realize what we're dealing with here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's a legend. <laughs> <laughs> Can't 
can't stand. We know. There's not a straight line. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> we we hadn't picked up on that. Yeah, it is a real ADD issue. <laughs> but I don't like drugs, so I just don't take medication. Though that's good because I think you'd explode. Oh, I was trying to open your camera. Open your camera. This is an Android. It's simple. You just go like that. You're gonna give. I don't him... know what you just did. I did, I picked it up earlier. I know they're magic it. machines. Did you just give I can't believe camera? anybody uses an Apple. There you go. Thanks, Thank man. you. I tried to help Thanks. him keep up. Like his intern. Intern. There you go. His <laughs> intern. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sir, do you want me to take your bag? Where do you want me to take the bag next? <laughs> Trevor, carry my suitcase faster. Okay. It's not a suitcase. It's a very custom podcast equipment. Yeah. Put it on the Davenport. Satchel. What's a Davenport? I'm sorry. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> do you guys. Do you, yeah, what do you guys call a large seat in your living room that you could have multiple people sit on? Couch? Like, like cushions? Is like, this like a trick question? Yeah. Do you know what a Davenport Probably a couch. Is? Probably a couch. Do you know what a yeah. Davenport is? A Davenport? Davenport. No. My, Davenport. Davenport. My grandma always called a, my, a couch a Davenport? Davenport. Never Davenport. You never have? I don't think I have. Have you ever heard of stick pig? Stick pig? Yeah. <laughs> is, that, is that croquet? <laughs> I, we, I, nobody knows the tr- definition. It's just something random to throw out there to change the conversation. Oh. <laughs> it worked. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> Somebody you told me that last Davenport. time. Like, uh, Davenport. What, what is that? So that's a couch. That's a, yeah. It's Davenport. Like a, like a, a sofa. I've heard sofa. Sofa, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't believe I've ever known anybody personally that actually uses the word Davenport. I, the but only I've always one I did known is my grandma. Some people... It sounds like something like you'd see on Downton Abbey. Yeah, I think it yeah, was probably. because there was a brand. So here you go. Davenport was the name of a series of sofas made by a Massachusetts furniture manufacturer, A.H. Davenport & Company. No way. Huh. Now def- Were they made in Davenport? Due to the popularity of the furniture at the time, the name Davenport had became a generalized trademark in parts of the United States. So like Kleenex. It's like exactly. It's just exactly. Like, it was like a brand Kleenex. company that... Huh. Kleenex? You know, well, Kleenex, yeah. That, like, you know, we say, like, hand me a Kleenex. Actually, what you're asking is, like, hand me a tissue. Kleenex is an actual company. Never thought of that. There's a hundred different brands. Kleenex is the brand. But if you, what you need is a tissue. But people or say, du- like, duct give me a Kleenex. tape is the same though. way, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, duct tape the same. Thing. The same. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. That's huh. interesting. Davenport. Huh. Now you know. I feel smart. Huh. <laughs> when you Nobody's use it? ever come on off oh, the house guys. So, left saying they feel smart. So, like, Lego movie, is it a double decker Davenport? It would be. The Lego movie? Right. <laughs> walk in and the, the bar and act natural. Gun, gun, shoot, shoot, bang, bang. <laughs> bullet, bullet, gun. <laughs> like Everything is awesome. Yeah, Trevor, your cool. kids aren't old enough to watch movies like that yet. <laughs> what are you, 17? <laughs> <laughs> so, there's Trevor. <laughs> I try to turn the tables. I just love the cats when they come out of the cars like, meow, 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 meow. It is actually a pretty dang funny movie. But I have kids that want to watch it. Oh, great. I think they're trying to kick us out. They won't find us up here. We're hidden. Yeah, we're up in the tree floor. Do you guys want to like camp out here tonight? What's that? You want to camp out here tonight? We could. We could, you know. I'm going to pick that quad track. Trevor can tell uh, ghost stories. Ghost stories. Well, they gave. Did they give you a blanket when you came in? Oh. So did you get the media pass? Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Maybe. Huh. I think we're actually we're exhibitors. You're exhibitors. exhibitors. You we're exhibitors. Sure. I got the media pass, oh. so they gave us a free cotton, a lovely blanket. Really? Yeah. Oh, lucky so, you. Are you guys on Spotify? Uh, yes. yes. Okay. Did you hear that? Rumble just offered Joe Rogan $100 million. Uh, we were talking we about did. that this morning. Were you? Yeah. Isn't that yeah. wild? That's so were they offering you guys? 50000 They 
It's weird they haven't contacted us yet. Huh. That's weird. I'd Strange. assume they're they're trying to get in touch with my people. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, maybe maybe somebody needs to try to silence you first. I could like start a petition to like, you know, stop off the hush. We first need to to make some stuff where Spotify would pull some of our shows. Yeah. Yeah, that would help. Yeah. So we should, we should work on that first. We, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, those guys down there asked me about my uh, your foreskin my bracelet. Foreskin bracelet. I'm yep. sure that one. I have had a few people ask me when I've mentioned Bales. See the guy that shot the horse. You're sick. Gotta have glue. <laughs> All these inside jokes for people listening. If you haven't heard the Bales Hey Off the Hus podcast, you could check that out too. And then it'll all make sense. And he really does have elephant foreskin on his wrist. Yeah. Gotta listen to the podcast. Gotta listen to it. <sighs> yeah. Yep. Right on. Gotta listen to the podcast. <laughs> hey, Randy, did you tell me you got the new Holland? You want a vest? I, I did not. I, I, won, oh. I won a vest from the... Did you see the backhoe, the New Holland backhoe? Did you do that? Yeah, I got all three in the bucket, in the can or whatever. No way. We stood there did and watched the three bucket? or four people, and nobody <laughs> could get it. And he hopped in there and just... Randy. What kind of backhoe was it? New Holland. I don't even know what number. That yellow one right Have there. Have you ran a New Holland backhoe before? No, but it, I mean, they're all the same. As long as you can switch the levers to the right controls. It is right. But, but, so you had to grab a, a volleyball, a football, a basketball, a basketball, off a cone yeah. and then dump it in a garbage can, and then you you won by how many you got in the garbage can. So did there's you three of them. I did one. I did one at a time. Dumped it. But if I didn't, if I knocked it off the cone and landed on the ground, I was just gonna smash it. <laughs> <laughs> just just I had that. Up the I had that. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> like, sorry guys, the game is no longer offered. <laughs> Pop, but it's everyone's like, what does oh, that have, Is that what they're doing? They have a, they have a they're blowing up tires? They have a cheetah. Oh. No, they have a cheetah bead blaster. Oh, so they're breaking those. a bead and then they're chunking. Oh. Pop, and everyone's like, what's going on? Like, yeah. They thought I broke something. Yeah. <laughs> everyone boy points to Trevor as soon as something happens. We, we were in there earlier and it would happen every five minutes, but I never got around really? to see what it actually was. Go check it out. Man, you guys have seen more stuff on the show than we have. Well, you, you've kind of been here. Yeah, you have to get away tomorrow and go yeah. check yeah. out the rest. You, here's a little tip you get here early. Before the show opens, because you got the exhibitor you get in? seven. I think you can get in at six. Seriously? Yeah, oh, wow. we were in here by seven, walking around for two hours before there was anybody around. That's and that we, was yeah. nice. You we could gotta, cruise through it all fast, and then you, and then you knew what to go back to if the exhibitors weren't there. Yeah. I even no uh, explained anything to you. Yeah, there's not many people around to tell you what you're looking at. <laughs> Those two lazy guys didn't want to tell them what that green and black thing was. Or you're well, like, can you take? Yeah. Can you do a video with us? Uh, uh why? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. He explained it a little bit, and then I explained it to the to the camera. <laughs> we had Randy be the sales guy but for that. But then we were also at the Yankum Ropes booth. Oh yes. And and he wasn't there yet, and there and it was open. So so these two are playing beanbags, making a video. So I'm like, well, I'll just I'll just pretend like I'm working the booth. So I stood behind the table, and the guy. Walks right in, like, "Hey, how's it going, man?" He's, he's like, <laughs> he, "I'm like, oh, hey, yeah, I grab some stickers, take as many as you want." So he's grabbing all these stickers. I'm like, "Here, you want a hat?" I'm saying the guy still has no idea. He walked away really happy with a brand new hat, all excited. He loves Yankum ropes now. <laughs> he, had a, he had a bunch of stickers. I'm like, "Ah, oh, take all you want." He has a few more. Here, take it. There's two hats. There's two hats on the table. Here, have a hat. He's like, "Ah, oh, thanks." <laughs> 
you want a rope? It's bigger right there. Yeah. So I'm standing behind him with a camera. Trevor and I are laughing. He walks away. Randy turns around, like, looking at the boxes, like, well, there's obviously more hats, right? He, we never found one. There's no more hats. I gave away one of the two hats he had. Oh, no. no. To the first guy at 8 a.m. <laughs> That's hilarious. But he got it all on film. Well, so yeah, it's, it was, it's, it's well Did you sell it. a rope? No, I didn't. Well, <laughs> you maybe order one now. Yeah, He's got a hat. True. He's got to figure a, out what a it second, says. A second group of guys come through and are wondering how much they pulled. There wasn't any pamphlets, so we came up with just a metric shit ton. <laughs> so we told them. <laughs> Which is the truth. Yeah. Right. yeah. Logical. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. <sighs> What about you guys? Are you giving any any stuff away from other booths of people you, you uh, don't know? I mean, kind of the case IH booth, but they were already supposed to be given yeah, out. Yeah, that's so. true. I've seen yeah. a lot of autographed hats. Have you? And I tell them I know those guys. Did you ever tell them, like, you know, those guys asked for my signature once? Well, I actually sent you sent a video where I was like, I a video looking at it. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I was like, I know these guys. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And then I gave the guy your cell phone. And I was like, call him if you ever need anything. Don't. <laughs> it's right there. He'll answer every time. Yeah. Here, you want his address? <laughs> <laughs> it's am- what, I don't know about you guys, but it's amazing to us like how some people do come up with our numbers, like the, the all the different things they go through to get it. And you know yeah. how they get them? How all the time? Grandma. Nick, you, thanks. <laughs> great, great job, Nick. Great job, Nick. Boy, bravo. <laughs> <laughs> they find grandma, and they grab like, oh, I'll give you a number here. It's right here. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're the best. Oh. <laughs> thanks, grandma. <laughs> just have her drive them over next time. I should do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, they're probably coming to kick us out. Do we just keep pushing it? I'm I mean, getting kind of thirsty. That could go for my sweatshirt. It cools off faster. It Holy does. cow. It warms up fast. It cools off fast. Yeah. You brought her sweatshirts? Yeah, oh, you brought them already? Just in case those guys left. Trevor is Oh, totally wow. You are the man. You guys thought I was pooping. We asked you to please. Well, I was tracking you. I was watching you walk away. <laughs> yeah, we were watching you to see where you are. He, you really are. You're a heck of an intern. Like, I seem goofy, but I'm very responsible. I don't day. like to lose World things, Expo. break things. We'll see like you tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. He does like his ice cream, though. He, he does. There was an ice cream shop down there, and I've yet to get it. We came here in two years ago, and it was out by the time we got there. And it was out? Yeah. No ice cream. All right, guys. Do you have any final anything? Final Why are you looking at me? I feel like I'm, I'm Do you have anything final that you'd like to say, Nick? <laughs> Tune in to the next episode of Off the Husk with uh, Zach and Randy and Becky in the background. That's what? it. Well, that was, I think that we was got good. It. We're going to save that and play that clip at the end of every one. <laughs> that was like that was, almost, <laughs> that was almost a warm, buttery voice too. Yeah. Right. It was. I was yeah. trying to. Uh, we, we better throw in there that it's Welker Farms on YouTube. Yes. Instagram. Yeah, Instagram. Welker Farms. Facebook. Welker Farms. Are you on the TikTok? Welker Farms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did get back on the TikTok. Yeah. 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 But Instagram, yeah. you've got. Yeah, just leg arms is what I call Le- mine. Leg now. arms. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I'm separate from Welker Farms. I'm not that special. I'm the sidekick, you know? Yes. Yeah. It's just kind of like you. I kind of know that feeling. <laughs> People love a good sidekick. <laughs> we we were going to get a we were going to get a motorcycle with a sidecart for this trip. <laughs> but then Trevor came along. <laughs> yeah. Way to ruin our motorcycle <laughs> trip. <laughs> you can still do that, but who rides on the back of the motorcycle? Well, Trevor would have to. Who rides on the back of the sidekick? So then Trevor would be the back. <laughs> Trevor would have to ride behind Zach. <laughs> <laughs> we get, dump, we dump get one of those, one of those little trailers to pull behind with our luggage. <laughs> <laughs>
Instagram, Scott? Yeah. Or Leg, have, whatever your first uh, name is. I don't have like a YouTube or anything. It doesn't make sense. A lot of people are like, why don't you start your own YouTube channel? The thing is, though, like to keep our stuff separate when it's all joined, we do everything together. Yeah. It's like, it doesn't make like sense. the same content. Right? Yeah, it, it yeah, doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, why would same you want to do that? Angle. And then both of you would be sitting at home editing when you're supposed to be getting work done. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, to be <laughs> honest, I've never ed- edited one episode. I'm not that smart on that kind yeah. of stuff. I'm not techie. Come on, guys. He just makes stuff out of metal. Yeah, I weird. just like bang the hammer. So and like, is it Dang like when, when I can't get my son to vacuum because he swears he doesn't know how to vacuum? <laughs> it is exactly. <laughs> Same with... Man, he's smart. Yeah. He's good. Same with when your wife tells you to fold your clothes and you do it all wrong. So she's like, I'll just fold all the clothes. <laughs> yeah. You're terrible at it. <laughs> I got a question. How do your spouses feel about the fame and all the traveling and the attention you guys get? I know you guys have a uh, sign set up that says you got to have appointments. Is that right? Yeah. Visitors yeah. by appointment only. Cause, they, yeah. Well, they're obviously happy they go on vacations. Like, oh, they're out of here. They're going out with their little tractor <laughs> friends again. <laughs> I think they think it's really cool at the end of the day. I think they really do. But the amount of hours it takes from us, yeah. they would prefer us not to be doing it. Other yeah. than the fact of just... It's gonna hopefully get them some new houses. <laughs> right. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, it's a job. It's it's a, the benefits to them is what they see, and they see it's worth it right now because they know someday this opportunity might not be there. Yeah. Um, but they definitely support us in it and, mm-hmm. and are happy we're doing it and are huge players in the background. But you know, we miss out a lot of time with our with our family, yeah. our kids, and we don't go on family trips like we usually, you know, some families uh, do. That's and, tough. Because, like, you know, there's so many times that our family want to go do something, go do this over here, and we're always working. We're always getting – I mean, it's it's tough to try to prioritize everything. My wife is – you know, she's supportive of it. But at the same time, too, you know, it helped her establish what she does. And she's graphic and design, so she does illustration. So if you look at, like – actually, she did your logo for this this podcast. Off the husk. Yeah, yeah she she's did done, that. She's done a lot of our yeah, logos. Yeah, and so though. she actually, for, like, Farm Focus, she does a lot of the merchandising of, like, making all the different logo designs. So it's been helping her out a lot doing what she does. And she's like, well, I never want to do anything with farming. That just sounds stupid. And now she's like part of farming and tractors. So it's like, yep. that works Kinda out Kind of like well. me. I never wanted to do anything with YouTube. Why would I do that? Yeah. That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, our wives are supportive. They both understand. It's tough, though, because they're young kids. And, you know, they're, they're at home right now with them, which is where we yeah. want to be, too. But Yeah, I wish I was doing this either like 10 years ago. Yeah. Or like... Ten or fifteen years later, the, the kids are all kind of up and out. Yeah, wouldn't that be handy? Like it's, ten years ago, can you imagine the time you could put oh, into this? Right? Um, oh man, yeah. Oh, pre kids, yeah. yeah, you could do a lot. Yeah, yeah. Cole, but yeah, yeah, oh, like yeah. Cole. Cole, Cole puts a lot in. Yeah, yeah. He Cole has, works. Hard. He doesn't have the responsibilities like we have. He told me one time, you do one a day. I was like, Cole, I got two kids, buddy, and right. a wife. Doesn't work. I, yeah. I, I told him that too. We had a lot of time. He won't understand that until he's actually got kids. <laughs> Like yeah. we went to, if we're in his shoes, we went to understand it too. Yeah, right? it'll hit so home. it's like how you're going to prioritize that and everything, like you say, right? Yeah. But at the same time, as long as he's, I mean, he's not single, but as long he's, you know, he's not married, doesn't have any kids, have at it. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah use the leaders. Make hay yep. while you can. Absolutely. In his twenties, yep. man, got all the energy in the world. You do. Trevor does. I know you. You do. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and more hay, more hay. Do you know this guy raises like nine crops of hay a year? Oh wow. Uh, probably eleven this year. That's 11 wild. crops. Wow. crazy. 11 crops this year. That's incredible. It makes me wonder why we even try in our area. Because <laughs> it's too expensive to truck it all the way to Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's Great. wild. But I'd, I'd truck a lot for an extra six crops of hay. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. 
But then I'd have to whine like Trevor that he's busy hay all the time. <laughs> yeah, so, you don't want to be a whiner like <laughs> yeah. Trevor. Is Jay Hill competition for you guys? No, no. He's not. Okay. Different markets. I look at it as there's not enough hay out there for all the horses and cattle that we're feeding anyways. So it's better to work with other growers and, and talk about markets, talk about prices, because there's a lot of not very honest people out there. And so it's better if we're on the same page rather than someone lying to us on what they're getting hay for, what the market is, and or taking a load of hay and then not paying for it. Because there's a lot of people that don't pay for hay, so we've gone to the, the model of it does not leave here without being paid for. Because a lot of guys will send hay because you think they say, well, I'm not paying for it until I see it. I want to make sure it's the product, the quality that I paid for. Okay, so it gets there. No check. And they never send a check. Yeah. Well, Trevor cries. My dad cries. Trevor's dad, dad cries. cries. Yeah, it's not fun. Not fun. Not fun at all. That was funny this morning when you answered the phone. Hi, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> on camera. I'm giving him crap for always being on his phone. Hi, Daddy. <laughs> said, hey, Dad, what's up? Do I see the camera pop up? Hey, Daddy. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> That's hilarious. What's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, he's, he's, he knows you, though, so he's got to be oh, used yeah. to crap oh, like yeah. that. Yeah. He, he has people call him up all the time. Have you watched your son's YouTube lately? He's like, no, why? Hold on, do you know the stuff he does? Like, yeah, I don't know. He just says whatever. Like, it's not a big deal. <laughs> He's like, I don't care. Yeah, that's, that's another good question. So, Zach, what did what did your dad think about all this that's going on? Like, I mean, for him to see what's created on his farm, now yours, I mean, like, that's got to be quite a shock for him, too. Yeah, he was weirded out at first, I think. But he, you know, he sees the value. And, he, like, he let me do it. He never said, no, I don't want you doing that. Did or, he think it was just going to be a phase and it'll just kind of like, oh, you'll just phase out? Well, so when I started it, I mean, it was 100%. I started it all only because I wanted to put in a good word for farming, like talking to people. I wanted people to see why we use GMOs, why we spray pesticides, why we install drain tile, that kind of thing. And that was my way of advocating for the industry. And he always did a lot of advocating through Minnesota Corn Growers Association. Mm. So when I was younger, he spent time on the road advocating that way. He was president of the Corn Growers Association for a while, and he wow. did that. Hmm. So I think he knew like this was my way that I enjoyed more than than sitting on a board and, and doing that. So it was easy for him to accept what was going on. He didn't fully understand it or care, but he said, yeah, if that's what you want to do, go ahead. Yeah, go for it. You know, But he wasn't, he wasn't big on being on camera. He didn't care what I was putting on camera. Yeah. But he didn't want it in his face. Yeah. And he still, he has no problem being on camera now, but I just kind of know he doesn't want it in his face much. Yeah. So, you know, there's time and place and he knows, he sees the value in it. I mean, he knows why we're putting this much effort into it. Yeah. So, so he, I mean, he's always been fully supportive of it. Hmm. Yeah. Cause you always wonder too. I mean, like, uh, what's my kids doing now? Uh, should I be concerned? You know, like you look right. at step back from a father's point of view and, you know, there's a lot of risk, and you're opening your your whole entire yeah. life up to the world. I mean, like, there's there's concerns there if you look at it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And there's been a couple things on the farm a couple of times where he'll question, you know, I don't, do we want to put that on video? I don't think we want that on video. Mm-hmm. And I guess my theory's always been if we think we don't want it on video, then maybe we should think about whether we should be doing it or not, right? So I guess the way I look at it is I'm going to put it on video, and I'm just going to say why we're doing it. And then, and then explain it. Because yep. as long no. as you're transparent and you have a reason, you can explain it. Try to articulate it well enough that people get it. Yeah. Then I think people are generally understanding. Yep. 
That makes a lot of sense. Some are not. One time I shooed a bird out of the way of the lawnmower with my boot. Very nicely. I didn't kick the bird. I, it was a little baby bird. I was mowing the lawn. And I stopped so that I wouldn't run over the bird. I was making a video. So I got off the mower, and I, I was trying to shoo it away, and it didn't want to move. So I put my boot against it and, like, scooted it out of the way of the mower. I got in a lot of trouble for that. What? You're a terrible Kicking an innocent being. bird. <laughs> so next time I'll just turn the camera off and keep mowing because <laughs> it was a lot of extra work to save that bird that's just amazing to me like something simple like that it, it shouldn't be a big deal but yet somehow right. the littlest things that you don't think are a big deal turn out to be like huge and you're like uh how did that just blow up right yeah like, why did that, that just do that like why is it a big deal like it shouldn't be a big deal like it's people don't even cry when a grasshopper smacks the front of their windshield and they're driving down the road Right. Or even a deer in front of, I mean, like, they don't even think twice about it. But yet, if they see you happen to do it, someone almost, it's like a, you're a dartboard and they're just ready to throw a dart at yeah. you. Yeah. They need a reason. It's just crazy how the mindset is. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. you're still a terrible person for doing that. Oh, Thank wow. You. Yeah, absolutely. Correct. I wasn't trying to, like, we weren't trying to justify it. <laughs> still a terrible person. <laughs> but it must have been a new viewer that saw it. I would imagine so. Yeah, because all the old ones know you're a terrible person and expect yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, I did leave a nasty comment about a bird, you know, you did? getting kicked, so. <laughs> wow. I got in trouble one time for doing a, uh, I had a sponsor call me and tell me I wasn't allowed to do a Donald Trump impression. But I didn't say anything political, and I didn't say it was a Donald Trump impression. Just. I just said, we've got a new grain card coming. It's huge. It's a, the most amazing grain card. You're going to love it. Believe me. <laughs> that was the extent of it. Seriously. And I got chewed out for that. No like, way. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Like they called and I'm like, "What are you? Are you? Is you're you're not kidding? Like I can't do that. Like have you listened to it? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Did you go and actually watch the reason you're calling well, me right now? Yeah, the weird. question I want to know was it funny? The call or the the <laughs> moment on the video? Yeah, I thought it was funny. I got a lot of comments on it from people thinking it was pretty funny. Huh. Sometimes things trigger people. You would absolutely not right. Like we one time I I used to do gift opening videos. Like people send you so much stuff sometimes and you feel guilty. Like. I kind of want to pay back. So show them what I opened. So I was opening up gifts, and I opened up one, and it was a MAGA hat. And I didn't have one. And I was like, oh, cool, a MAGA hat. I don't have one of those. And I put it up to the side. That's all I said. Oh, Nothing man. else. That was the extent of And I had people yeah. unsubscribed. I'm done with your channel. <laughs> you guys exactly. support disgust someone me. like that. <sighs> you're a sick, you're a sick yeah. individual. You're a sick individual. Look what you did. <laughs> That's so crazy. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, uh, I didn't realize a hat with MAGA on it, you know, right. and saying, oh, I don't have one of these. Cool. I put it up on the... The fact that I said I don't have one of these should have been like... We went back and watched that. We're like, there was nothing, absolutely like, zero what? that he said you know, that was offensive in any way possible. Yeah, like, I mean, there was nothing. Obviously, and, I, I support the president, but I'm not like, you know, we try to stay pretty politically neutral. I just right. try to. I feel like there's enough of that out there. But yeah. It, yeah. it triggered people immediately. Like, oh... We're gone. Yeah. I did a video once, so I was in uh, I was in Gillespie's office. You ever been in there? Yep. They have a big they have a big cardboard cutout of Donald Trump. There are firearms and munitions and oh, like just fully loaded like this is a doomsday. Sounds prepper. like a really happy place to be. It's it sounds like I a like these guys a lot. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so we we ended up like the thumbnail was a picture of us in their office and we did some stuff. We didn't talk there was nothing political. We didn't even talk about guns. Like, it just happened to be the thumbnail of the video. Oh, I know what it was. So I, I was talking to a guy from FBN, from Farmers Business Network. And I mentioned something about, like, we're here in, uh, and I looked around. I'm like, this is Nancy Pelosi's office. <laughs> <laughs> Obvious joke, right? Yeah. So my wife titles the video, 
visiting Nancy Pelosi's office. <laughs> <laughs> the whole video had nothing to do oh with any of that other than that one sentence. And I had like 10 comments under there like, I, I'm unsubscribing. You've gone way too political. Like, <laughs> what? Did you watch? It's an obvious, like, I can't even respond to that. What are you going to do? I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why I pay attention to these comments. You know, I, just, I, I mean, not those kind of comments. There's a lot of great comments. But, like, why those ones? I, like, even take the time of day to even read twice. I just, well, that's, there right. could be 800 awesome ones, and it's ones like that oh. that make you laugh. And those like, stick with you. Uh, they stick with you, yeah. yeah. But it amazes me that you think about it. Like, these people, it's okay for them to have an opinion. And the voice that what they believe, what they think, but they're not open to accepting. Like, what about your opinions? It, so, what if you're not trying to voice it? But like, let your opinions be your opinions. Like, don't try to push your view on everything. Mm-hmm. And yet, it's one sided all the time. Yeah. It never is. Like, you know what? Okay, you believe that? Whatever. I'm not going to push you. I believe this. Whatever. Level of snowflakes is amazing. I, I yeah. Put, I I just put up a story. So just north of us is the Coots Alberta border on Sweetgrass. And that's where the Canadians right now are blocked it off, basically, with thousands of trucks and that's tractors. Pretty oh, close yeah, to you? That's pretty I close to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. like we, we have friends right there. I mean, I've, yeah, I've been there multiple times. It's, it, they've actually, multiple have asked us if we'd bring ours up on the American side and start. Like, sure. But I just, you know, whether I agree with that or not, I just don't, you know, right. I got a platform and I don't really think that's something I need to use it for. But with right. that said, you there was a careful. video of all these, they had like 1,000 or 2,000 horseback riders, cowboys, Riding down the interstate, it was just this beautiful shot. All held, you know, big Canadian flags. It was kind of really patriotic. And I just yeah. put up a post. I said, Canadians taking a stand. You know, that was all I did. And I put it on a story on YouTube, actually, which I don't get a lot of views on anyways. And, and some guy's just like, you really need to get your facts straight on vaccinations and, 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 and mandates. He's like, I cannot believe you would go down this road and be an anti this. And so I'm like... Dude, I just said Canadians taking a stand. They're going down, whether or not. Like, <laughs> I guess somehow in there, I it's a cool, I it's a cool shot. Yeah, statistics, right. you know? yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, okay, what's okay? Let me ask you this question: What's wrong about being proud about your country? There's nothing wrong with it. And what How they're dare doing? Is, you ask that. You're right. I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm, yeah. done. I'm done. Why would you go I'm so sorry. political? Can you forgive me. <laughs> you know, we need this off the husk podcast has gotten so political, just over the top. Yeah, I, I was kidding. I was kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> I had someone get mad at me the other day because I commented back. I don't think he expected a comment. And uh, all you do is drive or commented this long deal. All you do is drive around and spend your dad's money. You need to work harder, like Nick, Scott, and Ray, uh, oh, no. and, uh, and and Zach and Tony. I was like, okay, because they farm just like I do. That makes sense. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you work hard for those guys. You use your guys' names. So I thought that was. Oh my! I, I guess I, I wouldn't disagree with him. Poor Trevor. Do you want to head for a little bit? <laughs> oh, there's nothing better than beating up on your buddies. Right. <laughs> yeah. All good fun. I know. We love Trevor. He's a good guy. Look at that sunset. You're just going to let that go? Oh, wow. They have sunsets? Someone there? should take a picture of that. Wow. Just get it. Oh, uh, I'm on it. I'm on it. It seemed like <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I thought Trevor was our photographer. Do it. Get the shot. Get the shot. Oh, yeah. You want a mic? Ah, sit it's, down. It's edible. Sit down and throw a mic on. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the show was over. They're playing music. Show me. Oh, wow. Just a little bit of editing, and that'll just pop. Yeah, a little bit, but no filter hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we need to go. go. You're going. Okay. Okay. Everyone's gone. Yes. Oh, okay. okay. 
Okay. So if you come in the morning, we're on the couches. Dinner. The Davenport's. Well, that's right. Dinner. Davenport's. Oh, yes. What oh, yeah, time? Oh, yeah, you guys got dinner. Dinner? Uh, you know, what else? Okay. No big deal. We're going to be in the parking lot of the, the hotel. Oh, okay. Tractor keys are down below. They're hidden. If you can find it, you can find it. Awesome. Emily, real quick. Do you know what a Davenport is? like a challenge. A Davenport? Yeah. Yeah, it's a sofa. Oh! <laughs> come on. Wow. Yes. I thought it was a couch. That, that was impressive. Oh. It's a sofa couch. It's a brand. Oh, is it? No, it's a brand. It was. Are they still they making it? It went under. It said defunct. Does, uh, that, does that mean under? Defunct? Yeah, that's impressive. I had no, I've never heard of it. You're not a Midwesterner. Oh, good point. Good point. Good point. <laughs> yes. Okay, <laughs> see you, Emily. All right, Carmelo, we'll, we'll, we'll probably wrap it up here. So it seems like maybe you'll have to move the part where Nick did the over and out. You can actually move that to the part where we went over and out. <laughs> yeah. I can repeat it again. <laughs> uh, yeah, t- uh, tune in uh, next episode of Off the Husk with uh, Zach and Randy and, uh, and Becky in the background. <laughs>